Hey guys, welcome back again to the Cut Light and Smoke podcast presented by ZealCigars.com, CigarSoapbox.com, and brought to you by the Huddle Up Store Studios. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. My name is Bradley. I am again joined by a special guest, which I'm very, very, very excited for. And it's going to be kind of a, a interesting, interesting uh, conversation here before because today in front of me, I actually have my pastor, my personal pastor that I go to his church. And this is a senior pastor of Desert City Community Church. Jared, say hi to the people. Hey, everyone. Great to be here. <laughs> Jared, uh, just so you know, Jared is, is not a, a podcaster, and, and uh, I think he's doing this against his will, and I'm twisting his arm a little bit. It's <laughs> I speak in front of people every week. This you do. is like my most, I'm like, you know, not in my element. You think it is. It's not. No. Uh, thanks for having me, and thanks for letting me have this cigar. It's yeah, a, new, a new world, AJ. Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, the Dorado by AJ Fernandez, brand new, uh, brand new dot for the New World uh, series by AJ Fernandez. Uh, it's a very, very, very good cigar. I've had it before. I'm not having it right now because I'm, I'm kind of running the board and having to think about something. You are, it. you're enjoying it. You're enjoying it. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to bring Jared in here a lot of times, I've had this question asked to me more and more and more times, is you know why did you get out? Of, why did you get out of Christian ministry? You were a pastor for 20 years, then you got out of it, and so on and so forth. And and then you know people that I've had interaction with in the past year in Phoenix, you know, as well, as far yeah, as like right. ministry is concerned. Um, and then, you know, and, and then how we met, I think was pretty interesting. I'll, I'll tell the story and you can fill in the gaps if I'm missing something uh, in that regard. So uh, how, how I ended up coming to Desert City Church, uh, I think was right after COVID. I think it, it was, if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, I I've been going to another church for a while and, you know, there's some controversy there and I, and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of take a break from church and kind of do some online stuff with searching around. And, and, uh, one of the things as a believer, uh, in Christ that God calls us to is be part of a body, yeah. you know, it'd be yeah. accountable to a body, be part of a body and everything like that, which means actively involved, actively going, uh, worshiping with believers, um, and, and being involved in personal discipleship and everything else like that. So, uh, I, I put, I, I probably had the biggest stint of my life, without church is like eight weeks, yeah. eight, eight weekends without, without church it's and like a sabbatical. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> from, from church, if you would. And so, uh, and as a Christian who came to Christ later in life at 15 years old, but, um, I've been in church every Sunday, you know, and even on vacation, I'd, I'd go to church, I'd make it a, a discipline of our life. And, and unfortunately, um, I, I was like, God was just calling me back. And, and, uh, I was having some conversation with some friends. This is the part you may not know. Um, who are pastors on the East coast. And they were just like, bro, you need to like, you need to get back into it and you need to find a place um, close to you. And, and they yeah. hit, they hit the parochial thing really quick. They, I mean, parochial means, you know, proximity yeah. and find some places close to you that you can, that you can pull in that, you know, and, and they said, uh, you know, find, find a pastor you trust that preaches yeah. the Bible and that, you know, loves Jesus and you know, he loves Jesus. And I said, okay, all right. So, uh, we had been to this church before, and I guess your church was called something else prior to that. I can't remember. Paradise Church, is that what it's called? Yeah, that's the church we merged into yes, during COVID. Yes, yeah. that's right. And I came at the at the end of that merger, essentially. Right. So right. I think my I think I came once by myself, then then my wife came with me, yeah. and then she came again. And on the third time, every time you were there, you, you preached about like the merger, and it was yeah. like we around the merger. The, yeah, yeah, it was around the merger, <laughs> and I was like, dude, I gotta just hear what this guy is about. I'm I'm dying. I'm yeah. dying. I need I need to see what we, what, what's we, he we were trying really. We were being very intentional about honoring this church that we merged in. And right, so right, right. That consumed a lot of that 
you know, there was like a whole series where we were just talking about honoring each other and honoring that merger. So we just, right. I remember you were like, dude, can you talk about something other than the merger? <laughs> like what else you got? And I'm like, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> and well, the fourth, the fourth week I, I was, I was sitting in, sitting in my seat. We just got done with worship and I was like, Lord, just, I mean, I need to hear what this guy's heart is. I need to hear the yeah. word from this dude, please. And you, and you laid it down. <laughs> it was great. And then you, and, and then you, you quoted something by Spurgeon who is a big cigar smoker yeah. and you didn't know like, me from, from Adam or anything no. like that. So I, I, I think I approached you that after the sermon, I'm like, so, Hey, uh, um, you, you quoted Spurgeon and you're like, yeah, he's a great pastor, loves stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, he smokes cigars or something like that. Right. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, yeah uh, I smoke cigars. And yeah. so does my staff. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, do you? And I'm like, yeah, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I was so happy because yeah. it's always good to know a guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so I think we, I think I invited you down to the shop. I said, "Man, come come out of the shop sometime. I got a shop down the street. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd yeah. love to meet with you and talk with you and stuff like that." And and uh, we, we kind of tested tested the the church for a little bit for us and and got to know you a little bit. And I was like, "Man, yeah. this is this is really good." The, the thing the thing about you in particular that I that I just really do enjoy. Um, first, I checked you out with everybody I knew. And I was like, dude, tell me about this Jared guy. Tell me about this Jared guy. You know, Jared Doe, you're, you're J Doe, basically. Jared Doe. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, you know, I, no I, one just calls me Jared, by Jared, the way. It's that, always Jared Doe. I'm is like, it Jared Doe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, I was I was like, um, I was like, tell me about this. And every single person I ran into that knew you from Scusto Christian, Scusto Bible, uh, Desert Springs, anything like that, I, there was like, this guy's, this guy's the truth. He's a good guy. He loves Jesus and does love the Bible and loves people. Right. And I was yeah. like, man, this is great. And then you said something that the, the fourth, the fifth sermon, I believe um, you, you said, you said, I can't remember what it was. And I was, you said, this is what our church is about being simple and sacred. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, cause I, I had, when I was a pastor, I'd been the mega guy. I'd done yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff in the show, the production and everything else like that. Yeah. Not that that's wrong or bad, right, right. but you can get caught up in that very, very quickly in the numbers and everything else like that. And I was I was super like impressed with you. You're like, man, we're just gonna be faithful to the Lord, faithful to the Bible, faithful to what's going on, and you know, God's gonna work the way that He wants to work here. And and I am I'm a hundred percent. And I was like, dude, this is this is great. So yeah, uh, and I I think it's like you know, we need all different types of churches in mm-hmm, a city, mm-hmm. right? And the tendency is to say, you know, I I like the big ones or the small ones or you know, the flashy ones or, but I think we need, we just need different kinds of churches. Right. But I think when churches are, are healthy and doing well, they're, they're not trying to be someone else. They're right. just like, this is what we feel called to be in this community. And we're, we are a neighborhood church. Like we're, you know, it's, we're not a big, a big show. We're not. And, and sometimes like, I think the city needs churches like that. That's just, we, we feel like we're a neighborhood church. We want people who live in our neighborhood who can do life together and, um, and we're, we're okay with that. <laughs> so, well, one, yeah. of, one of the things that I, I was really, yeah. It, first you're, you're less than a mile from my house. Yeah. You know, I live fourth and bell yeah. and, and you're right down the street yeah. and uh, I think you moved then you, you're right across. Yeah. Now I'm on, now I'm south of Greenway. South of Greenway. That's, yeah. that's great, man. Um, I, I was, I was it, one, it's really close and my wife and, and so a lot of times on Sunday mornings when it's warmer out, I'll go riding with buddies yeah. and we'll smoke a cigar in the morning at a place and have breakfast. And then I'll bounce, you know, to come to church. I'm usually walking in with my helmet on or something like that. And I'm trying to, I want to make sure I'm comfortable. And it was so like, 
for me, I didn't know. I, not like I was trying. I'm not trying to be edgy or anything like that. But I, yeah. I wear I wear pretty much what I'm wearing now to church, like a, yeah. a hoodie and yeah. jeans, walking in with my helmet. And I'm like, oh man, I hope I feel included here and everything. Yeah. And I was 100, percent dude. People yeah. were like, hey man, what's going on? How you doing? You know. And I was like, this is this is home. This is good. This is good. And and yeah. and this is important because. Um, no church is perfect. No church is, is, you know, no person is perfect. Um, but the, uh, the, the two things about you that I, that I love more than anything, and I'll, what we'll get into the podcast and why you're here and everything in a second. But, um, one, after vetting you, every person has positive, you know, things to say about you. Second, the, um, I, well, not so, everyone. You just well, haven't. I mean, met, you well, haven't yeah, met yeah, my I'm enemies. Sure, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> you haven't met my. Everybody enemies. has enemies. <laughs> anybody, everybody has enemies. Um, and uh, but you you had said something in a sermon where uh, I was like, and when I feel like I learned because I remember I have I have seminary stuff. I have I have I'm, I'm classically yeah. trained. Yeah. You know, theology and everything like that. Yeah. So when I'm ca- I'm catching stuff that I haven't caught before, I'm like, dude, that's great. That's really good. So you talk at the level of the people, but you also hit the profits on on top where you're like, whoa, that's good stuff. That's really good stuff. Yeah. And I, I feel bad because this happened to me when I was a pastor. And the last thing I want to get on Sunday is a text from somebody telling me how the sermon was or wasn't. Yeah. And and I, I just I'm just like, dude, that was great. That was awesome. That point about this. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I so appreciate those encouraging mm, words. And I, 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 I remember what it was like to be a pastor and like. It, like the it, five minutes after a sermon, right? Oh yeah, you're so raw. Oh, you're you're done. You're done. You just go home, watch TV, and relax. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I was like, I, I just yeah, so like my heart more than anything is to serve and do anything I can to help. Yeah. And to bless and everything else like that. Because I remember how hard it was to be a pastor. Yeah. And you know to encourage and you're we're, I'm about eight years older than you're for, are you almost yeah, 40 or are you 40 I just turned 40 you just turned 40 I'm and 48 I'm like, and I'm like going on 48 yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm 40 going on 48 uh but but you you have a you have a you have a sensitive spirit I love that your your demeanor is uh really laid back I love that because um I'm a little more amped up yeah in, in a lot of ways and, yeah and so opposites love it though that's good yeah. <laughs> I love it so I, I love I love that I love that about you and uh there's a there's a calming presence you have in in the sense of uh, being around you makes me want to be a better Christian by the things I hear you preach from and want to um, know and so on and so forth and then be a better testimony to people in my in my industry in my business and everything else like that and it's a, it's a huge thing for me um, and so when my wife asked. Uh, and my wife has some complications once in a while. So yeah. I love to tell you I'm there every single week at church. There's times I can't go because my wife or, yeah. you know, we're out of town or something like that. And, and, uh, just the, the grace that you have in the, uh, your ability to connect with people and your transparency when you preach, I've seen you get choked up when you preach and, yeah. and I've been choked up before when I preach, um, there's times you get choked up before and the things that you get choked up about, when you preach about lost people or about something that hits you spiritually, I freaking love that. Yeah. I'm, I, I take I, I full attention and I'm yeah. like, Oh dude, this is getting my pastor, bro. What's yeah. up? What's up with this? You know? Yeah. And so dude, I'll, I'll, I'll go down and swing with you, man. I'll, I'll yeah. follow you in the battle, bro. Yeah. Sincerely. Well, so. and I don't, I mean, I don't know if I've always been like that. I mean, I, we go through experiences that just like break us. Right. And, right. Right. And I, I've learned, especially like with pastors, like, people who have gone through really difficult things that strip their pride that they fail at, they, they mess up and then, and are able to trust God and, and 
you emerge from it stronger, maybe mm. like a better developed character. And right, right. I think for me, like a big thing has been like trying to be a non-anxious presence mm. as a pastor because mm. everyone's amped up and everyone's right. angry and everyone's right. on like, and, and that's totally fine. That's like us being human. Right. Right. Um, but my, my hope is to, to say, how do we, um, me as a pastor and even as a church become shock absorbers in like a chronically anxious wow. cu- culture. And, yeah. Um, and so like we, we I, I, that's come from trying to spend a lot of time on reflecting on my own personality mm. and, and mm. prayer. And um, because I, I just, it, there's a refreshingness about our community and not just because of me. I just think it's, we, we'd get a lot of people who come in they're like, we're burnt out on church. Right. Right. And we're like, we get it. We've been right. there. Yeah. We, we know what that's like. Yeah. And, and we want this to be about Jesus. Yeah. And so um, what do we strip away so that is it simple, mm. you know, and yet something sacred happens right. when we gather. And, right. and that's been a bit, huge focus for us. Right. So, I mean, yeah. your, your, your whole staff's great, man. I've, I've got They're a chance fun. to meet them. They are wonderful people, team. dude. Yeah. It's a very fun team. It's a young team. It you is know? A young team. In my, yeah. In my, yeah, I'm 48 now. I used to be the young guy, and now I'm the old guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it, it's it's been really cool. Um, there's a... Uh, you just had an elder change where, where somebody's yeah. now the head elder and that guy's coming to my shop. John, is it? Yeah. yeah John's John, great. John's yep. coming here and got a cigar before. And, <laughs> and, uh, I, so I came, I did one thing with you where I did like a cigar university type thing where we, we so taught, great. A, taught a class. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. like a class about how to smoke cigars or something like that with the guys. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, that's and, been like the biggest hit of all of our men's ministry. Stuff. Really? Everyone's <laughs> like, what are we doing the next cigar class? <laughs> Anytime, like, bro. I'm excited. I know. We need to plan one. Especially when it's cold out. Let's do it. Yeah, it was, cold. It was, know, it was warm was that night. Dude. It was like 100 <laughs> degrees that night. Um, the, the the cool thing was uh, I, I made some connections there with some guys and, and be able to see them in church. And yeah. then uh, John came in and he's like, hey, I just want to say hi, man. How are you doing? You know, yeah. I'll, I'll pick a cigar up, but I just want to say hi. Dude, that spoke to me just as a, as a parishioner. You know, I was like, I was like, man, that's that's really cool. And so every time I, and then to see that guy be the, be the, you know, head of elder board, I was like, yeah, all right. I told Jamie, so we always, so when church is over, we're trying to get out of there as fast as possible because two things happen. Uh, one, I'm hungry. And then two, uh, if I haven't eaten before, and then two is like, uh, Jamie has health issues. So she's usually very, yeah. very tired and everything. Yeah, and so right. I'm like, I'm like, okay, we got, we got to go home. And so when John was confirmed as a head elder, I tried to beeline. She's like, I gotta go. I, yeah. I gotta go. And I'm like, Oh man, yeah. I gotta <laughs> want to go. So we're, we, you know, the rarity that we hang out and, and say hi to everybody and everything like that. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for moments like that. So yeah. uh, good on you, man. I'm, yeah. I'm super happy to be where I am with you and yeah. I just want to bless you and stuff like that and say it's a privilege and an honor. And I, I genuinely mean that for you to be here and be on the podcast with me because it's, this is real raw relational and we talk about cigars, masculinity and culture. Right, and so, right. um, but you're here to ask some, some questions about, about me, which is, weird, yes. you know, so, so yeah, I'm a pastor. I'm at a church. You're a, you're a pastor and you own a cigar shop. Yeah. <laughs> And, <laughs> and you've, you've come out of ministry yeah. uh, vocationally, but you, you obviously still have an incredible influence in ministry here. Mm. And I wanted to say, first of all, it's a gift to have someone like you in the church. And we'll, we'll talk about the awkwardness of being a past, a, a former, you know, vocational pastor that's now at a church. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a huge gift to our community to have mm. someone like you who's been on both sides. And mm. So I, I just really appreciate you. And I, I don't know if you know that. I see you as a gift of our community. Thank you, man. And Thank um, you. and I, I know you're you're on this journey and it's like, where do I play? Where do I jump in? Right. And it's okay to, you know, <laughs> we, we've been working working through that. But mm-hmm. I, I just think that your 
people people like you um, have such a huge role. I mean, with what you do in life, but also in the life of the church, mm. um, I think because of your experience. And so mm. I'm a pastor. I, I think you're a pastor. You have a pastor's heart. But you own a cigar shop. Yeah. So what? What? <laughs> why? <laughs> what happened there? Like, how did you transition out of that vocational role of ministry into something like this? So, uh, yeah, I'll get, I'll get I'll get really raw with it, and it's probably the first time I've talked openly about some of the things I'll, I'll talk about here. Um, so, I, I was a pastor for about twenty years, and um, I planted a church in Ohio. So I've been I've been a I've been a, a youth pastor, you know. Uh, several different places and then a college pastor. And then the natural progression was to me for me to be a church planter, you know? And so I moved out here to Phoenix in 2005. Um, and, uh, was at Desert Springs Bible church as their youth pastor and, uh, worked with a college ministry a little bit. Ricky, Ricky for Ricky for one of the most godly men I ever met. Yeah, great, great yeah. guy. Oh, so much to him. It's ridiculous. Like if the church was the mafia, he'd be like the godfather. hundred percent. Phoenix. hundred percent. hundred percent. Ricky for had a tremendous amount of impact in my life. And, and, and I praise God for that guy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, but the goal was to bring me here to establish a youth ministry and to plant me outside of Desert Springs, but 2008 hit. Yeah. And it was a horrible economy. They couldn't afford to yeah. do it and everything like that. And the church back home, um, uh, that my youth pastor's son was at asked me to come and plant a church in Columbus. Yeah. And I'd never been to Columbus before, you know, as far as a, you know, a, a, a living there. And, uh, so I took that position and just told my wife what God wants. And Jamie was a good wife and went along for the ride. Yeah. She hated Ohio. Jamie's a saint. Yeah. Though. She is a if saint. People don't know that. <laughs> she is a saint. She is. She's, yeah. she's one of the most godly women and yeah, totally. incredible women, women in, in the world. And the fact that I, I landed her is, you know, uh, maybe she's partially blind. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> it's great. So we we went back there, planted a church called Catalyst Community Church. Uh, it was a great church. Lots of doctors, lawyers type people cool. uh, that were there, and um, that's just not my vibe. Yeah. And so I'm preaching, you know, to these doctors and lawyers like I'm still a college pastor and so on and so forth. And they were just like, we don't get it. So I had to like change everything about what I did. Yeah, contextualize. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and and the church was going good and everything. My wife was dying on the vine. I could see yeah. it continually. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just got burned out quickly, you yeah. know, uh, being a pastor's wife, you know, in that. And I was totally. like, I was like, okay. Um, meanwhile, I had a buddy of mine courting me continually to work in his business. And he is in the corporate world. And he's like, and so he offered me a job down in Cincinnati uh, to be a youth pastor of a, a large church down there. And uh, I, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to ministry. I asked my wife about it. And she's like, nah, I don't want to go back to ministry. And, and this, and, this is like while you're planting, right? Uh, this after I'm done planting. Yeah. Okay. I, I, okay. I, the church is like three, four years old now. Okay. You know, okay. so we're established, it's planted. And uh, I get ready to come out of ministry. And uh, for my wife's sake, and he offers me a, a youth ministry position. And she's like, no, I don't want to go back into ministry. And I'm like, I don't want to, force her to do anything else. And he's like, well, dude, well, you're figuring things out. Come work for me in the corporate world. And so I did, I worked for a company called ABM. Uh, Honeywell's our biggest competitor. So I sold, I sold, I sold energy products and things like that. Uh, did well, you know, but I'm not corporate. (laughs) You could tell, uh, and had some, had some struggles there as far as like culture and everything else like that. It wasn't my vibe. And, uh, meanwhile, my buddy is just super positive. He's a believer, a great guy. And he's like, Hey man, you're killing it. You're doing it. This is you. And I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Yeah. And uh, he's like, what do you don't know about, man? You're 
you're doing great. Calm down. Everything's fine. I'm like, and everything monetarily wise was, but like bottom line. And, right? and, yeah, yeah. Bottom but, line looks good. Yeah. But like it, it, it's just not me. It's not what I felt like I was calling my heart to. And uh, I saw my wife dying on the vine even more. And it was really because of the weather. She has seasonal affective disorder, things like that. There's no sun in Ohio. Is she from Phoenix? No, she's from Ohio. She's from Ohio. Yeah, she's from Ohio. Okay, but yeah. we, remember, we were out here and we tasted, tasted glory. And once, then, once he gets inside, oh, yeah. out here. Oh, yeah. That dry, sunny air. And so I, I just, uh, we had our house here still. We were renting to some friends. And yeah. they were going to get married and move out. And uh, a, a gal who was a, was a, a great gal. And uh, she had met a guy. And they were going to get married and, and move out. And and get a house and so timing just worked out and I, I just told my buddy i said i'm leaving and that hurt him bad yeah he was really frustrated because he stuck his neck out for me i was doing well and i felt really bad about it but i was like i need to go back home and i told my yeah. wife my wife did not believe we were moving until the moving truck came up yeah wow. i mean that it was she yeah. was like she's like something's gonna happen it's not i can't i'm not gonna get what i want and literally moved back to phoenix no job no nothing I was the 26th Uber driver here in Phoenix in 2013. Oh, so we moved back in 2013. Early adopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I worked for Uber, man. I made some good money, dude. It was I crazy. I, that was back when there was like no rules. Right, for Uber. <laughs> right, right, right. And so it, I had some crazy stories from Uber driver. Um, it was it was nuts. Like it's, it, it doesn't compare to anything you see on the internet. Just nuts, get, nuts stuff. I bet. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was it was crazy. And so I'm Uber driving, making some money, and uh, a couple of drivers here recorded me to be on the staff, and so I did and. Um, went to CCV for a little bit and yeah. we kind of ended up landing there. And as we were landing there, uh, I got into the automotive world where somebody found my resume and they're like, Hey man, come in, come in here. You could be a, you know, a, a, a service writer. And so I was a service writer and then a, then a manager and things like that. And, um, did that for a while and felt that God called me back into ministry. And I had a buddy of mine and I said, you know, let's, let's, let's plant a church up here. Yeah. And this is the first time I ever planted a church without having any kind of identity in it. Meaning like, my value and worth came from Jesus alone and not what these people thought of me. Yeah. And yeah. that was a hard thing for me to get to, but that's where I was. So it was very easy and it was all 20 something years old. So they don't give anything and we yeah. were supported by multiple churches. And we worked with a denomination called, um, uh, fellowship of evangelical churches. Uh -huh. There were yeah. ex Mennonites and, uh, good yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Did right. some EV freeze right. in there and everything like that. Yeah, and, right. um, good people supported us still very, very, very valuable. And they had planted me in Dublin as well. So to come out here and plant me here was okay. uh, a big step for them. Um, yeah. as well. And I had some crazy, I mean, just, and I'm not going to go down this road right now, but, uh, when I was church planting, I had some crazy, absolute nutso, supernatural, demonic things happen yeah. that I'd never seen or ever heard about before. It tends to happen while church. It, it does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So like, it, so all these stories that people hear or something I tell, they're like, they tell the story about when that happened. Uh, that stuff really did happen. It's authentic, authenticated by my elders that saw it, my family that saw it, my friends that have seen it. It's yeah. crazy. Um, so when I came back here, that stuff starts amping up again, even as I'm in ministry and I'm like, man, this is crazy. Um, so I, I don't, uh, as I'm, as I'm playing the church, uh, with my buddy, I walk into a cigar shop and we're meeting in a cigar shop. I'm also in the industry, uh, auto industry this time. We're trying to plant this church, get it off the ground. And, uh, were my, you, were you into cigars at that point? Yeah, I was, I've been yeah. in cigars all my life. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I mean for 20, so I, I the full time, as I was a full-time pastor, yeah. yeah, I'd smoke cigars probably yeah. once a week, if not twice a week, yeah. you know, yeah. with buddies and things like that. Totally. Uh, more social smoker, if you would. So, yeah. In, in the midst of all that, I ended up um, uh, leaving the church, closing down the church, and was offered to take over this big conglomerate, if you would, um, called Cigar Warehouse and or TNT Cigars. And uh, I said, my only 
caveat is if my buddy can come with me. So he came with me, yeah. and uh, we ended up really changing the whole dynamic of that whole. They had five shops at one point, and we flipped it over. Did great. We started a YouTube channel, everything like that, that we have now today, and it's called Best Cigar Reviews. Yeah. Uh, he went and started his own thing, and uh, I ended up doing um, doing that. And then after that, I had, a, I had an investor come to me and say, uh, I want you to come work for me. Here's a bunch yeah. of money. And uh, I was getting ready to sign on that line with him. And my father met with me. And my, I, I give a lot of credence to what my dad says. And my dad was like, hey, by the way, I know you better than anybody. And you do not want to be a slave to anybody. You just don't. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. do this, you're going to be you're going to be in this guy's debt for a long time. You yeah. know, I'm like, okay. And so we started Zeal Cigars. And so got out of that, started Zeal Cigars, and um, ended up bouncing around to a couple different churches in there and then ended up landing here. We're, we're probably in our fourth year now here. Yeah. Um, and that's when I ended up meeting you probably about a year ago, I'd say. Um, so well, this this shop's been around for four years. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 About almost be four years in March. Yeah. 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 So it's been four years since we've been here and – Real startup companies don't make it that long, right? So no, they don't. Yeah, <laughs> and we, we've had our bumps and bruises. Yeah, um, and it's and it's been great. Uh, we're still trying to find our way as far as online retailer and things like that. Um, I, I think I do more. I think I do more shepherding than I do business. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I love people more than I love money, um, and you know that that's just that's just who I am, and yeah. I can't change that. And I, I think it's funny because some of my competitors know that and they say that about me and, and I, I wear it like a badge of honor. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm not a great business person. Yeah. I got people in here as a resource that are great business people. But uh, as far as a somebody who cares about managing, cares about people and uses my lounge as a pulpit and things like that, yeah. um, I, I, I do that. And, and, and this this audience here listens to this and so on and so forth. I wanna bless people, I value people, and I value their lives, things like that that are very, very important to me. So that's kind of the journey and, and where I've ended up here and how I'm yeah. here today, if you would. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I, it's interesting. I, there's, there's people that like, I know that do the reverse, like they're in the marketplace and they're like, man, I feel like I'm being called into like church work or vocation. And yeah. I don't want to ever doubt mm -hmm. the call of God on their life, but I'm like, you have access to people every single day that I never get access to. Yeah. And it's, you know, especially when people find out I'm a pastor, like it just changes the conversation 100%, for me. And, yeah, yeah. and so like now you have a different type of platform, different type of influence with people that I can't even mm. have influence with. Mm. And so it is a different type of ministry influence that you're in. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Most definitely. Yeah. It's, so, it, so for you, like, was that process, um, you know, it's kind of like the next step. It's like God opens the door over here, opens over there. Were there, were there things that just hit you that you're like, I, I have to get out of ministry because my soul's withering or is it like, man, I really feel passionate about this other thing that I'm chasing. Like what, what was the, I think two things. One, I, I did feel passionate about it. And, um, and two, I, I really wanted to work with, with this buddy I was with, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and, and God bless him, man. He's done incredible things. Um, so I think those two things wanting to work with, with this guy and then, um, also wanting to, um, do something on my own, see if I can make it in the business world, things like that. Yeah. And, and well, you're entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, if you're a church planner too, like you've yeah. got those juices in you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the entrepreneurial juices. Yeah. Yeah. According to my wife, I get bored every four years. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm bored at this point now. Are so. you bored? <laughs> I don't think I'm bored. I think, I think I'm always, you know, looking for what, what, what God would call me to next and what, yeah. what, what things are, 
are happening. I, I'm, I'm never just the fact of the matter is I'll never move again. Yeah. You know, I'll stay in Phoenix the rest of my life and die here. Right. Um, right. And that's because my wife would kill me if I moved. Um, so I moved a ton, you know, when I was a pastor, um, it was my wife counted, um, every, every three to four years we move. Yeah. And, uh, so when we finally got this final house and we're here and so on, so this is the fourth house, fifth house, maybe yeah. we've had, um, she's like, listen, we're, this is, this is it. We're staying here. We downsize from the house we had before, uh, for the sake of like, this is our retirement home, basically. We're, yeah, we're going yeah. to be here and die here and so on and so forth. So uh, we're we're very, you know, very happy where we are. I feel very content, you know, where we are and so on and so forth as far as uh, zeal is concerned. Um, but I also want I, I want, I want to do more. I want to, you know, impact people and add value to people's lives and yeah. that they may see Jesus, things like that continually. Um, so, so, yeah. So here's a question. Okay. Um, like you want to. Like one of the big um, temptations for a pastor, and like it, 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 like people tend to get drawn to the platform of being a pastor because it's an adrenaline rush. You've, mm-hmm. you've had this before. You're up in front of people. Mm-hmm. You speak. Everyone tells you how great you you are. Like it's hard because everyone also tells you how terrible you are. But the good times, <laughs> right. the good times are like, yeah. you know, you're, you're taking a shot of adrenaline, right? everyone knows you mm-hmm. and they hold you up on this pedestal. Culturally, we do this. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and it's hard to be like, not get caught up in that. But like what you have chosen um, is almost like intentional obscurity. Mm-hmm. Like you, so instead of being up in front of people every day and, and getting all the accolades, getting all the, like you've moved into a, a, a ministry, a vocation where that's more obscure. Like your, your identity is more obscure. Mm-hmm. So you go from that moment of having so much wrapped up and everyone telling you how great you are all the time to now this obscure person that people don't know your, your heart or your pastor until you really get to know you. Right, right, right. What does it do for your, your identity? Like to use a churchy word, we yeah, would say sure, your sure. identity in Christ, right? right? Like, <laughs> so what is yeah. that? How does it, how do you deal with the identity transformation of moving from the big, big platform to, you know, something that is a little bit more obscure. Uh, does that question, question make sense? Um, yeah, it does. The so before I was a pastor, though, I was a national speaker, so I would speak continually. Right, so when right. it comes to like another big platform, yeah. So yeah. that so that you know, I thought being a pastor was a step down from that. Okay, to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, so um, that process even started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think God worked on my heart a long time ago to not be number one or not be seen or not try to climb the ladder of, you know, um, being the next big thing or anything else like that. So I'm pretty content, um, with my identity being from the cross and not from anything else. Um, Although I, although it's still wrapped up in Zeal Cigars and what I do, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, uh, we can't untangle guys, some of that. It's no, just, because yeah. guys, I mean, that, that's uh, guys in general. You know, we find our identity in our work, things like that. So I understand that. Um, yeah, when you when you uh, when you choose to put something out there publicly, people just ridicule like you wouldn't believe. So totally. like, yeah, uh, I, I tend to not not look at comments. You know, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't, and so. Uh, right. uh, but I also know who I am. Like yeah. when someone says, you know, you don't know theology, I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, someone says you yeah. don't know cigars, I'm like, yeah, I do, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like when and they you're say, okay with it. You don't have right, to like yeah. prove it. No, right? I don't. Like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I mean, do you I, think that comes with maturity, or do you think that? Comes yeah, hundred percent. So like, maybe like the older you're getting, the oh, more yeah. you're like, I'm just okay. Yeah, like, I'm fine. Yeah, having dude. to prove. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. When like young, even even when you came to our church, mm-hmm. we had no idea who you were for weeks. Oh yeah. And you're sitting in there like 
I remember you came to like our newcomers class. Yeah. And I'm like, who, you know, I had no idea who you were, but like mm. you have this knowledge that is deep mm. when it comes to, yeah. you know, scripture, when it comes to doctrine, all those mm. things. Yeah. But you didn't come out here, you know, firing on all cylinders saying, this is who I am. No, like dude. you just kind of laid low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think some of that's just practicum too. I mean, some of that is, you yeah. know, I, I want to, I'm a support role now. I'm not a, I'm not the person who's, you know, leading anything or doing anything and I want to support and love and everything like that. So I, I think that that's a, uh, it's, it's different for me because I don't, I think I got over a long time ago having to be number one, you know, and having to be yeah. the biggest yeah. you know, voice in the room or anything else like that. I was mentored by a guy named Harvey Plug, who is his son was my best man at my wedding, Dan. Harvey uh, Plug. Harvey Plug. That's a great name. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> God bless him now. He's got dementia, and he's oh, kind yeah. of on his way out into glory, which is good. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Harvey was was my um, direct report when I was at a large church mm. in Ohio, and they hired him just to, just to handle me when I was a young buck. And uh, I felt insulted by that until I met met him and worked with him. Yeah. He was the HR director for all of Athletes in Action with Camps Crusade. Okay, so he yeah. he oversaw thousands of people, yeah. if you would. So they called him the Velvet Brick because he would fire somebody, and they didn't know they were fired. They're like, "Oh, okay, so I'm not coming in tomorrow." Yeah, so he's he's just got. So I, I learned a lot from him as far as like, okay, this is what I have to do. But yeah. that that's I have two. I guess not not really split personalities, but. I, I vacillate between football coach, yeah. like let's get it done, let's go now, let's get it done, yeah. versus you know also learning a lot from Harvey of, of being a sniper versus a shotgun. Okay, you know yeah. there's times to like sit back and go, okay, this is this is where it's at. Where before I would just shoot my mouth off no matter what. Yeah, you know now I'm able to go, okay, this is this, and that comes also with age, experience, yeah. um, letting young bucks talk and see how stupid they are. <laughs> I was gonna like say. That. That's something I learned. I, I can't remember who says it, but like it's better to be quiet and let people assume you're an idiot than prove it by Oh, <laughs> the opening your mouth, like, right? Yeah, right, I'm right, like, yeah. oh yeah, I do that a lot. I'm yeah. Just <laughs> yeah, just I just sit back and, and listen. Um yeah. but I, I there's a lot of people who come to me for wisdom, mentoring, things like that. Yeah. That guys I work with and so on and so forth that I um I also recognize that and so as a result I am very cautious about how I lead, very very much more than I ever was before. You know, um, yeah. I want to lead them well and not, I want them to get the best parts of me, not the worst parts of me. Yeah. Meaning the worst parts of me, you know, when I'm frustrated, when I'm angry, I'm agitated or anxious. Those parts come out where I'm like, look, we're gonna get it done. Here's the play, run the play, shut up and do what I tell you to. Right. Um, now it's more like, Hey man, let's, let's collaborate and play. Here's the play I'm calling. Can you run the ball this way? Can you do this? It's a sweep. Can you run the sweep? You can't. Okay, then we're gonna go shoot up the gut. Is that okay? Yeah. Does that work for you? You know. So, I think that's that's different. And I think I had to change that too because the generations have changed so much in how they respond to things. Now, young men, um, not only is it just vastly confused on what they're doing and how to figure out life. Right. You know, and there's a thousand different reasons for that: fatherlessness, things like that. Yeah. Um, th they're just they're just hungry to follow somebody. They're hot and, they're, and I want them to follow Jesus, not me, you know? So, and before I was like, well, I'm, I, I, I'm the person you should follow. You should follow yeah. me and so on and so forth. So I think that comes with age, maturity, and then being a dad, yeah. I think makes a, makes a big difference because your kids expose the worst of you and the best of you. Yeah. You know, so my kids will be, my kids can tell me, and I have all adult children now, so they can say like, dad, when you said this, this really hurt me. I, yeah. I heard something from my daughter the other day that I just... I said something to her that just devastated her a long time ago. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God. And I, I wow. love the fact that I can have these conversations with my children 
And I was like, I had no idea, sweetheart. I'm very sorry. Will you, will you forgive dad for this? And I pray yeah. with her and everything. Um, and it breaks my heart to this day when I think about it. Um, but those are, those are the conversations that have molded the way that I lead men and lead women and lead people um, to be able to say, okay, this is, this is the way to lead, not the way that I did prior, because the way I did prior, and I thought I had made a lot of mistakes when I first popped in the industry, particularly with my buddy, and it makes, it makes sense why we're not friends anymore. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's, I've taken, I've taken you know, responsibility for that as much as I can. Um, but I think that that's learning from that, and then how I, how I deal with Justin, how I deal with the staff here at, at Zeal is very, very different now than I ever have before. Yeah. And I think the way I'm doing it now is much better it's it's much more holistic and not just Bradley's going to take over the world and you got to step in line or you get run over you yeah. know that type of thing and I, I that's not that's not who I am anymore it's who I was in the past yeah right so like with this process getting out of vocational ministry going uh, owning a cigar shop so a lot of times people when they leave vocational ministry like the question is what did you do wrong. <laughs> Like what happened? Where's the dirt, man? Yeah, what's the, what's dirt? the dirt? Yeah, and um, and and so like yeah, I, I mean, are there things there? Like, is it was it like, uh, you know, I screwed I love up. I'd love, I, <laughs> love to. You said ask hard questions. Yeah, so. sure, 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 sure. Uh, I don't think there's any dirt there. I, I mean, yeah. I, there was. I left of my own will and. I wasn't kicked out, you know, I guess right, you, could, yeah. you could always quote that. I, I better leave a day earlier than two weeks late, you know? So, <laughs> um, the, uh, no, I, I got a ministry out on my, on my own. Nobody forced me out. I, w I, you know, I, I, there was, there's no dirt, you know, if you would or anything else like that. Um, uh, and you know, anybody has anything to say different, leave a comment. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, I don't have any, I have nothing to hide or anything like, like that. So, uh, I think getting into minister or getting into business I didn't know what I stepped into and took a long time to figure that out. Yeah. I think that's different for me. So like, you know, coming from a pastor's and a shepherd's heart and then having to having a bad business experience the first time I ran a cigar shop uh, or, or, or series of shops, I think uh, taught me a lot in yeah. to what I'm doing now. And then uh, you just have to settle in your own heart eventually. Um, not everyone's going to like you. Right. Yeah. You know, or like your style yeah. and it's okay. You yeah. know? Um, and then, you know, the people who do, we, we, we tend to take risk on people. I'm, I'm not very risk adverse. Yeah. So I like, I don't mind risk. Um, but, uh, say as an entrepreneur, man, everything yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. I'm not very risk adverse, but I, I still am cautious, you know, and when somebody comes in and there's like, dude, you're the next best thing to bake bread. Yeah. I just found your channel, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you don't know yeah. everything yet. You'll, you'll see some, pa some part right. of me that you don't like or something like that. And so, yeah. and our culture is so wishy-washy about that. Like they, they, they think it's great. They, they don't think you're great. I mean, one minute you're great, next minute you're great. It's every 15 minutes of fame, dude. It, right. it's, it's continually, all yeah. the time. Someone's like, hey, I found your channel. This is the greatest thing. You said this. I don't like it. <laughs> so right. It doesn't yeah. matter. I yeah. mean, it just, it doesn't, I mean, you know, as a pastor, someone's like, that was yeah. a great sermon. That sermon, that other sermon sucked. Yeah. What happened? You know, so I mean. Yeah, usually my wife tells me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that wasn't good. <laughs> dude, that was hard for me, just so you know. That was, I, I put way too much pressure on my wife to be my major support like yeah. hey what'd you think about that and she's like i didn't like that and like that i just i would be devastated yeah you know totally, and totally. i and i i've learned you know to to have other guys around me not yes men but guys who were honest with me and supported me and said hey this was good you could have done different on that that was really helpful and that took the pressure off my wife because 
I would just lean heavily on her. Yeah. And I'd be like, hey, what'd you think about that? She goes, that was good. And when she said something that was bad, yeah. And she's like, well, then don't ask me if you don't want to know. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, now I've, <laughs> now I've really done it. I mean, you said that about, like, your kids, you know, it's the ultimate reality. Is oh, yeah. You have to be, I mean, your spouse, too, like the wife. Yeah. You're faced with that all the time. My, your kids will expose you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. How you raise your kids and what your kids are like, they will expose you for who you really are. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, my, that's my thing. And we, we've talked about this, too, like, you know, to, to not have something super controversial but you've moved out of ministry and people might have assumptions. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and there's all sorts of reasons to be skeptical towards, you know, pastors. Like we, we see what happens in our culture. Right. right. Um, and, and one thing we've, we've talked about is we always hear the bad stories. Right. And like here in Phoenix, we, there's oh, yeah. eight, there's like 800 churches. Mm-hmm. You hear five or six, maybe 12 bad stories, but mm-hmm. there's so many, so many of the churches and so many of the pastors Life happens, and right. it's, it's not necessarily a scandal, right? Right. Um, and we just never hear those stories, right. and then, but then right. we we assume, you know, because yeah. of those people that have been platformed that, you know, there's some sort of corruption. Dude, I've here. been asked, "Have you had an affair? Yeah, did you, you steal money? All, all those, all kind of, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff." And I'm like, "No, dude, no." And they're, they're, they're <laughs> like, "Have you, you know, is, is something wrong? Did you? Yeah. Is there some kind of more affair? Were you a drunk, a drug addict, you know, or something like that? Was it because of cigars? <laughs> like, none, none of that, dude. There's no, there's no juicy, you know, yeah. juicy thing. I've, I've, yeah. So it, it's, it's really interesting when, when people assume that and and they say you're, they're sorry. Like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that happened for you. I'm like, well, I'm not. I feel this right. is what God has yeah. me. You know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, <laughs> okay. So speaking of that, how are you received then by other pastors? One by pastors who knew you in the past and two the new pastors that you meet and you're like, I used to be in ministry. Like I don't talk to pastors anymore, dude. Yeah. I don't. Well, I'm, there's nobody. I'm a pastor. Shopping. Well, you, you, but like, <laughs> uh, the guys I knew in the past, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I really don't, don't, don't talk with them much. Um, uh, I'm just, I'm in a different, I'm in a different phase and you know, it, it doesn't mean that I don't, I don't love them. Or I don't care. I don't respect them. Um, but I'm not in ministry anymore. And a lot of our dealings were in ministry, yeah. you know, so we're not, you know, that kind of thing. I, I had a whole friend change about, yeah. you know, um, uh, four years ago where, uh, you know, a lot of my, my, my friend group was guys I led and not mm-hmm. guys who were peers. And so I exchanged that for guys who were peers, yeah. you know, and that's been very healthy for me. Um, so then everyone's looking for, to me as a leader, you yeah. know, if you would. And so, um, and some of those guys were younger pastors that I, you know, that I led and, and helped get in ministry or things like that. Um, but it, it's not that I don't love them or don't care. I just, I'm in a different place now. And I yeah. think, I think that that's, um, just where we are. And, and there's some, there's some, like, I'm sure there's tension there somewhere. I don't know that, you know, I go looking for it or they go looking for it, you know, or anything like that. Um, yeah. but if I, if, when, when the awkward part is when you meet somebody who you had an impact on a long time ago and they find out you're not in ministry and then there's those assumptions there, and they're like, "Yeah, is everything okay? Are you okay?" I'm like, yeah. "I'm fine, man. I feel good." Yeah. And they're like, "Well," you and know, you're and like, "I could still be faithful to my relationship with Jesus." Yeah, you and that, like that, I, that's the hard part. They, yeah. they they assume that there's something off, or or because you're not serving a vocational ministry, you're not, um, you're not as spiritual, you're not as in tune with God, you're not yeah. as you know things like that. And I said, I I, I don't think that's the case. Um, right. Although there there are things that I don't practice as much. Because I'm 
not in vocational ministry. I don't study the Bible yeah. like I used to, meaning like... You're not writing a sermon each week. Right, so like Logos and things like that. I'm not yeah. using Logos or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading the Bible for what it is. Um, I'm yeah. not reading it to preach it necessarily. Right. Although there's the bug. I mean, like I, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll, I hear something. I'm like, I'm like, oh, dude, I'll, I'll start outlining stuff. And I'm like, all right, that's not who I am anymore. I'll just put that away. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's, it's just part of like, you know, you have the gift of, of teaching or the gift of preaching and things like that. And so you, you, that comes up once in a while, but I'm pretty quick to put that aside because it's not who I am anymore. And, you know, at times I use this podcast to, uh, it scratches that itch a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit because I'm able to talk really freely about Jesus on here and YouTube won't censor me. And you, you have like these giftings of you're a really good communicator. Mm -hmm. You're a good teacher. You Mm -hmm. can, uh, you know, you're compelling. Mm -hmm. Like those are things that, you know, probably as a, a pastor served you really well, mm-hmm. you still have those gifts, even though you don't have the, yeah. you know, the platform. And so, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, I, I mean, we, we, we name our cigars and, and, and we, we, you know, we envision different cigar brands that we develop here with manufacturers for the sake of giving back glory. So when I, when I name something, I name a cigar, this, this or that, there's a, there's a story behind it that, is from our past or from a Bible story that hit me a certain way. And like we had a, we had a cigar called storm chaser, which was about the book of Job. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, King's comeback is about Christ's return. I mean, yeah. King's envy is about yeah. us wanting our own glory and not get, giving it to God. I mean, there's, there's so many different brands that I do stuff that like that with now trying to get the message of Jesus out through subversive ways, yeah. if you would. Um, but I don't, I don't think that, you know, that, that, I'm not, I'm not envious for pulpit time, not envious for teaching time, not envious for that because this does take enough out of me and scratches the itch in a way that I'm like, okay. I was going to say, it's, it's cool. not even that you, it's not like you don't have a platform. It's just not the pulpit. Like it just right. changed into right. some other, you know, avenue for it to come out. And yeah, 100%, 100%, 100%. Yeah. 100%. yeah, that's great. How do you feel now, like you've been a pastor, you've seen behind the scenes of a church, like how the sausage is made. Right. Like, how is it to walk into a church building and to participate in life? So a couple of things, like we, we, you said this earlier, like, you know, if you're, if you're following Jesus, that happens in this context of community, to be yes. a part of a, a church. Yes, 100%. Um, there's something that happens formational on Sunday. Like, mm-hmm. I know church isn't about Sunday morning, but there is right. a formational piece for, like, worship. Absolutely. Prayer, yeah. scripture, hearing a word, all that. Yeah. But what is it now like to walk into a church knowing how certain things should be a certain way, certain <laughs> expectations, and you have to just come in and be? What is that experience like? Uh, well, there's part of you that it's always like, I could add something to this, I can do this, I could help this, I could do that. Um, but yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, well, I'm not, I'm not envious but I could do this. I'm not envious, but I could do that. Yeah. I could add value this way. I could add value that way. I, I think the reason I sat for a year under under you and, and a year is to find where where would I help? Where would I do things? Could I could I add value or something? Do they need yeah. you know me? Or am I just dried up and done? You know, that kind of <laughs> thing. So uh, I think that that's um, we're getting ready to jump in some some new ways. We'll talk about that off off air, yeah. uh, which I, I think is you know helpful and and, and necessary um, for our hearts and for maybe the the, the growth of the church or the the, yeah. the people of God. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the great thing is, like my 
my identity's not in that anymore, so I don't really. Yeah, I'm not, I don't, that's huge. I don't care yeah. a ton about it. Like if if I said, "Hey, man, I have an idea. What do you think about this?" and you're like, "Nah, it's stupid." And I'm like, "Okay, that's cool." Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't. I literally don't go like, "Oh no, I have to go find another church because my pastor's like my idea." You know, right. so like I don't. I don't have. I don't have any of those. But and I'm not yeah. saying I have something to propose. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. But like those. Those are things that like. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I don't really care that much about. That much I just want. I want to serve, and I want to love, and I want. I want. I want to help. I think serving you and helping you in any way that I can, and any anybody in in ministry, um, you know, your staff or anything like that. That's that. That's where my heart is when I'm when I'm like there. I'm like, how can I just love these people? I know what it's like to be yeah. in ministry. I know what yeah. it's also like to like be burned out. And I mean, everyone gets burned out every year from something, right? You know, right. and so just to be able to have a place of like, you know. You can kick back, be you. I'm yeah. not. I, I'm a pastor. I'm a former pastor. I understand those kind of things. How did you deal with this? How did you deal with that? Um, I'm not looking for that. I don't have my identity in that. Yeah. Um, but I'm available and ha- able to help in those ways. Yeah. Uh, if it if if need be. Um, so it's like entering into a church now. It's like, like I have a hard time sitting through, you know, a Sunday morning experience somewhere else. Yeah. And I'm. <laughs> But I'm like hot wired right now, you know. So, right, right, but right. like you're able to say, I can be here, I can be available. Uh, yeah, I can yeah. be present. I, I think that's the the biggest thing I've learned the last year is I can be present without yeah. having to do. Yeah, you know, and I can learn from God, from other people, and not have to be the one leading other people. And yeah. I feel that like that's very, very healthy uh, for me, for my family, for um, for everybody involved. It doesn't mean that I'm not a leader. It doesn't mean that I don't have opinions and everything else like that. But I also know what opinions hurt me. Yeah. And I also know totally. I also know how to say what I want to say without like, um, you know, killing vibes or, or or like like I just I want my my whole goal is if I come to your church, I want you to succeed far beyond what I could ever offer or help. Yeah. Um, and then resource whatever I could to help you guys do that. And if that's just a place to come and and chill and smoke a cigar and, and relax. That's cool. If it's something I could add. So I don't know what that will, will be ultimately yeah. you know, a desert city, but I did, like, I think I told you this a long time. Like, this is our home, dude. We're not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. I'll be here come hell or high water. And no matter where anyone tells me like, yeah. Oh, it's a bad church. Or, I don't like this guy or something like that. And I don't, I don't yeah. care. I don't, I really don't care because I'm, I, I'm, I'm the one thing about me is I am stubborn. So I'll be like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care what you think. You know, I'm, this is, this is my pastor. This is, this is where this is my home. And, you know, come hell or high water, you know, I'll go down with the ship. You yeah. Know? And I, I think that now more than I ever have. Yeah. You know, um, you, you keep mentioning like adding value to things um, mm-hmm. like whether it's church life, whether it's this, the cigar shop. Um, and I wonder like, is, do you have now in this season of life, like what is like your creed, like creed, like what is it that the guiding statement, the vision statement for Bradley? Like, what is that? What are you trying to accomplish here with the cigar shop? So my, my, my overall vision statement for life in, in general plays into Zeal Cigars, plays into everything else I do, is I want to add value to people's lives in a way that they ask me for the hope that I have yeah. and why I am the way that I am, and I can say this is all because of Jesus. Yeah. So when guys come to my shop and they, I mean, we just had this happen here like Thursday. Last Thursday I had a huge party here in my in my shop, and some guys never been here before, and they came in and they're like, Man, this is incredible. I come back there, I'm like, you guys, you guys good? And they're like, and this one guy's never been here before. He's like, dude, I'm coming back and back and back. This is incredible. I've never been to a place like this. And I'm like, well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And he goes, this is, 
this is so different from any place I've ever been. I'm like, well, I, I appreciate that, man. Um, but so the walking in the glory of that conversation, uh-huh. you know, and how that impacts me, I'm, I, and I, I, as I'm leaving and he goes, I just got to ask why and how you do all this stuff. I said, it's all because of Jesus, man. Just to be honest with you. Yeah. It's because of my faith. It's because it's because of Christ and what he's done in me. And I just want to love people back in the same way. Really, and without shoving it down their throat, or preaching the whole gospel to them or anything else like that, this guy's like, dude, that is awesome. And then the other guys are like, yeah, you used to be a pastor. Hey, tell them about this and tell them about that and tell yeah, them. I'm like, totally. I, I can't. I got to walk the front, you know. So, <laughs> so I mean, in in that regard, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I want to do with any encounter I have with anybody I have. Other podcasts. I just did a podcast the other day with a church in Indianapolis that the pastors listen to our podcast and. Yeah. Um, they were like, can we get you on a podcast? We do a podcast about this and so on and so forth. So it's fun Are to there be people listening from Indiana right now. Yeah. There's people listening. I just want to give a shout out to yeah. Indiana. I went to college in Indiana. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where'd you go to college at? Anderson university. Oh, Anderson. There Played you go. baseball there. <laughs> Small town North of yeah, Indy. Dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. I love Indiana. People. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's really cool. Um, uh, yeah. Pastor Fred, at, at, I can't remember the church name. Um, but, uh, he went to the same college as me, Cincinnati Christian university. And we have, okay. we have a, a guy from CCV. He was his roommate. And so this guy, one of those guys, come in here and smoke cigars, and he's like, he's like, hey, this guy told me about you, and that's how I listened to your podcast. Would you mind coming on and talking about what it's like living the back forty of life? I mean, you've been in the yeah. first forty. What's the right. back forty? And he's a younger guy, he's about your age, 39, 30, 30, 36, 39, something like that. And he's like, just give us wisdom on this kind of stuff. I was just talking about you know stuff, yeah. whatever, and everything like that. And um, I think that's, but for me, that's my vision. It's how I gauge success and and so on and so forth. And um, and then when I don't. I'm not depressed by it because I have grace by God. So I'm yeah. not, I'm not like, you know, if that person came in and had a bad experience, I'm, I'm sorry they had a bad experience, but maybe it wasn't for them at this point and, yeah. and what have you. But, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll be around and, and kicking and doing everything that we do here at zeal for the sake of the glory of God, man. That, yeah. That's kind of what we do. Okay. This is a one last question and then we can, we can chat. It's going to take yeah. us a moment to set this one up. So, <laughs> okay. You know, moving kind of from a, a different, peer group or group of people that you were doing life with mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, I had someone tell me like for me to, to pursue things I feel like God has placed on my heart. I had, I had to stop caring what a certain group of like mentors thought. Yes. And and that was hard because these were the people that were mentoring me. And, mm-hmm. but I had to like almost walk away from the direction they were putting me in. Those, that was hard. Those relationships aren't yeah. the same. Like you've gone through transition, you've gone through, um, you know, career change and through that relationships are broken, right? Yes. And one of the things I had, I think said in a sermon that caught your attention last year, we talked about this. Um, you said your identity is in the cross and like the, the older we get, the more mature we get, this deeper understanding we have of the cross, um, you know, question I get is why does Jesus have to die, you know, for our sin? Like why would God have to be tortured? Mm-hmm. And the the thing I'm learning, especially with, with relationships that have been broken, to to know that that Jesus goes to the cross and goes through the pain. Mm-hmm. Because pain, it's a currency. And it's a currency for forgiveness. Yes. And so if you've ever had to forgive someone, truly forgive someone, you know that there's a you absorb a pain there mm-hmm. that is uh, in, incredibly difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And when we look at how we know this message from from Jesus, 
is true, we look at the pain he goes through mm-hmm. because pain is the currency of forgiveness. hundred percent. How are you, how have you experienced that? <laughs> well, I think when you ask, cause me, it's not easy, right? No, no. When you ask people for forgiveness, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm, I try to be quick with that mm-hmm. to ask people for forgiveness. Um, probably but, quicker with some than others. Uh-huh. Uh, but the other thing is, um, when you have to absorb, when you forgive somebody, you're absorbing the consequence Yes, you know of of that failure, what they've done, yeah. or what what have what's right. happened, right, right. right. Uh, I think when you've also offended people and you see them absorbing your consequence, um, it makes it easier for you to absorb theirs. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I'd, I'd like to unpack that off air with you just said because yeah. I'm really curious on that one too, and I'm I'd be I'd love to share stories on that. <laughs> um, I, I think people have an idea for you, and I think people have a trajectory when they, they see you're a big personality or something like that. They go, I thought you would always be this, or I thought you would always be that. I hear that all the time, Yeah, you know? And so to set myself on a trajectory of not wanting the glory, not, not being the centerpiece, not doing those kind of things, uh, even though I am a, the face of this company, um, I started another company where I'm not in anything, right? You know, I'm not, I'm just, I'm a supporter and I'm a, I'm a marketer, but you know, cigarsoapbox.com, the guys on the videos are two of my buddies uh, who are younger guys that I mentor here and there, and they're the face of that company, not me. Yeah. And so, like, as you get older and as you um, understand, like, you just understand life's short. I mean, like, 10 years ago was nothing. You know, 20 years ago feels like nothing the older right. you get. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, now I recognize that life is shorter and shorter and shorter, and not just because I ride, ride a motorcycle and have high, high cholesterol, but, like, there's a sense of where, <laughs> like, you know, you're – you know that you want to make impact and not just do that. So when it's easier, I, I will say this, it is easier the older you get to let people down that have unrealistic ex- expectations of you yeah. that say things like, you know, I, I thought you'd be in ministry forever. I thought you had a mega church. I thought you'd be the rock star guy and stuff like that. I heard that multiple, multiple, multiple times. And uh, when I, this is really crazy that when you, when you get to that point where you're on the cusp of that point and your soul feels dirty and my soul felt dirty. Yeah. And, um, I, I knew there was something that if I achieved that, I couldn't go back. Like it would be, I'd have to make concessions on my faith, concessions on my, my heart, concessions on things that of who I really am and what I, and I, dude, I just like, you can gain the whole world and lose right, your soul. Right. And that happens in, in ministry all yeah, the time. Yeah. yeah. And I, dude, I'm just going to tell you this and just, I, I don't care who offends, who's, who's offended by this. I genuinely love Jesus and I'm not, I'm not trading that for anything. Yeah. So like, I won't trade it for all the money. I won't trade it for all the success. I won't trade it for all the fame. I won't trade it for anything else like that. And when I see people who are my peers do that and achieve that, and then I see it and I'm like, bro, are you, are you good? You know, not just because yeah. they're, they're famous, yeah. but because I saw like a moral failure or something like that. I'm like, are you, are yeah. you good? I, I'll give you an example. I was interviewing at a church um, right before I came to Phoenix. Uh-huh. Um, I won't tell you where the church is because the church will be identified at this point. <laughs> so um, I was interviewing at a church. And when I went to interview at the church, uh, my buddy was on staff there and the pastor was there. And we went to some kind of, it was a movie or a show or something like that. And uh, the, uh, I didn't meet the lead pastor yet. And so I sat down with uh, the church team. The pastor came in and, uh, and what I assumed was his wife came in with him and it wasn't his wife. Yeah. She was very, very affectionate with him, playing with his hair, things like that. And I was like, I, I just assumed it was his wife. Right. So and I was like, Oh yeah, that, that's cool. To see you and your wife here and stuff. He's like, Oh, so my wife's my secretary. 
I was like, oh, what? Man. And so, like, yeah. as I was leaving the interview, like, the elders were coming and asking, like, maybe you can come here and straighten this stuff out. I'm like, no way, bro. Yeah. But I remember telling my buddy, like, hey, man, you you need to, like, you need to say something about this stuff, dude. You really do. I can't be the person coming in here and saying that. You're going to hire me to come in and say that. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it was it was rock star. It was everything. It was everything you could ever imagine from any Hillsong or anything else you've ever seen. And I was going to be the, the college guy there and everything. They had a huge college town and everything. And I was like... I don't want any part of this. Yeah. And I remember hearing like someone say, but dude, you're, you're the guy to like take over. You're the guy to do this. You can bring like Jesus into this. I'm like, if he can't, if he isn't here now, he's not going to be here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just so you guys understand that, right. like you're making concessions already. And so, and I took the job in Phoenix and came here instead, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, and so it was really interesting because that was a huge hit to one to our friendship. Um, that guy no longer walks with Jesus. Yeah. That guy, I mean, and what what I found with my peers, um, the guys that walk away and things like that, I am super like, I'm, I'm like, dude, screw everything else, screw all the church politics, screw all that. Yeah. How are you and God, man? Yeah. How are you and Jesus, dude? Honestly, what, what where's your heart with that? And they're like, dude, whatever, man. I did this, I did this, and I'm like, I don't care, I don't care about that. Where are right. you? And so right. like, I can tell you, dude, like, I have I have a clear conscience, a pure heart. And sincere faith. I don't have anything else to worry about. Uh, in my faith and my heart and, and where I'm at with God, I have all of that. Do I still have sin? Absolutely I do. Do I still have stuff I have to work through? Of course yeah. I do. But the, the fact is I chase repentance. I don't make excuses for it. Yeah. You know, and I, I see my buddies that have walked away from ministry or guys that were in ministry that were the rock star guys or whatever else. There's always the excuse they're making for not chasing repentance. Like when someone brings, when someone shows you a blind side, something's going on. You need to chase repentance on the blind side, especially if the brother loves you. Right. And, he, and you know, and like these guys, they hear the podcast, guys, you knew I loved you. You knew that I was, I was pushing that button for the sake of like purity and in your heart. And I wasn't pushing that because I wanted your job or anybody else's job. I was pushing that because I, I took a different job, obviously. So I think that that's one of those things that quite frankly, the older you get, the more you're okay with like, if they don't like me, I don't, I don't really care. I, I really don't mind because the, the one person that I need to love me has already proven that yeah. Jesus already, Jesus already absorbed all of my sin, yeah. you know, then he died to it and he rose again. So like, I don't have to worry about what they think now in a in personal relationship. I, I want to, and I want I want to reach out and so on and so forth. But then there's just time in the day. I mean, I, I just, you know, if it comes between my kids and my family and, you know, trying to resolve something with somebody, I don't even know it's there until they tell me, I'm going to spend more time with my family and yeah. I just tell them like, man, I don't have time to do that. To be honest with you, uh, I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm sorry if I did something like that. Let's, let's move on and, and keep growing in Christ. You know, I, I love your brother. And you know, so, but I, I, I can honestly say this right now. Um, I have no ill will against anybody here in, in Phoenix or anywhere else or something like that. I have no ill will. And if they have ill will against me, I'm, give me a call. You know, my phone number probably. <laughs> If you don't, you hit me on Facebook, you, you know, email or whatever else. Uh, this is you your know. opportunity. Yeah, 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 please, please, please. <laughs> um, so, I mean, but but I think the older you get, the more you start recognizing, like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with those people being disappointed in me and, and so on and so forth. And and not everyone's going to like you, dude. That's just that's just yeah. a, a thing you learn and you, you you ease into very easy after you're 40. Yeah, you're like, okay, totally. I'm, I'm okay with not everyone liking me. And you know that. You're a pastor, dude. You, you'll, you'll find people that love you and people that hate you about stuff. You know, just, right. it's just... It's part of it. It's part of it, you know. Uh, awesome. Um, I'm thinking through this list. Uh, anything you want to ask me? Oh, dude. Oh, dude. 
I can I can we can we go for another half hour? Um, I can go for a bit longer. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So this is the bonus bonus section. Bonus section. Bonus section for for my pastor and me. So it's it's fascinating. So I I've uh, so when I came to your church, um, obviously got to know you. You're very different personality than me. Uh Very different. And and it doesn't mean that I've I've been with people who are different personalities than me. It's the first time I've been under a younger guy. Never been under a younger guy in ministry. What is it like to have an older pastor? Were you intimidated in any way, shape, and fa- form when you found out who I was or anything like that? And how did you find out who I was? Uh, I think you finally told me. Did I, I tell you? We finally came over, had cigars, and I was like, I had no idea. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think my, my first thought was, I'm going to disappoint this guy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, dude. Yeah, and it's... Uh, because I, I am, I mean, I'm 40, I'm mm-hmm. still fairly young, like pastors are, you know, like that's a, that's young for a pastor. It is, and it is. I, so I think my, my initial thought was, um, you know, I don't lead up very well mm. and, and Bradley's going to be disappointed with me. And oh, wow. So, um, those are some of my initial thoughts and I, like we were talking about like whatever, like your life create, you know, statement is whatever, if it's a vision statement. I think for me, like I want to help people reach their God given God given potential, mm. and so. Um, but my entry point with you is different because you're you're an older father than I am. You're, yeah. You've been you've seen more probably in the church world than I have. So, um, my hope was like, how can I be a good pastor and be a good shepherd to Bradley mm. with a more limited experience than what you've gone through? And and I and I'm still trying to figure that out. It's mm. like I I know I can. Um, I can listen and I can, I can be with you. Um, but I, I, my initial thought was like, oh man, he's going to be disappointed. <laughs> so, yeah. And, it, and, could, it couldn't be anything further from the truth. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so that, that was the first thing I, I think for me, it's like, I, I, I said this, I can't remember. I said this on the podcast when we were chatting. Um, I think you're a gift to the community, exactly. um, because of what you have experienced and gone through. And now, to be in in like a, a church community with your your role of uh, where you're at now is, is a gift, and 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 sometimes those things take time to figure out like what what is it, um, but I, I love it that I can come and and talk with you, know that I can let my guard down and, mm. and talk about things that I know that you have heard before, have experienced before, so I really value that in you, um, mm. and. You know, we do have older people in the church, too. Um, I, I think for me, like, I, I, I've realized really quickly, like, I'm not, I'm not super smart. Um, and even, like, with wisdom, I'm, I'm pretty foolish. Um, and so how do I, from a humility standpoint, still pastor people that are a little bit further along in life than I am? And well, I, th- I think you're, while that, while that statement is true of anyone who is, who is not dead yet because right. we, we can trust dead guys who finish well. Right. Yes, I know. And <laughs> that, we do. We read a lot of those. Right, right, right. <laughs> we hear a lot of the guys who are like, well, they finished well. He's dead already. So yeah. can't make any more mistakes. Uh, I, I would, I would definitely, I hear what you're saying, man. And I, I don't see you as not wise at all. I see you as wise and as, as honing your craft in a way that is beneficial for leading our church in a really good direction. And I see it every Sunday, yeah. even if I'm not there and I'm watching it, yeah. I'm, I'm still there. Even if I don't text you and I'm, I've seen that, like 
I feel like I should. I feel like I should. This is here's confession moment. You're not getting the real bonus bonus. I feel like I need to text you every Sunday, and I don't because I don't want to bug you. Yeah. So like, I feel like I want to text you every Sunday. Like, dude, I love you. You're doing awesome. You're yeah. you're incredible, and I want to be the cheerleader for Jared. Yeah. In a way that's not weird, but like appropriate. You know, like I want to. So here's yeah. what I, I. This is funny because that you say that because there's another guy in our church that's an old retired pastor, and he's a professor. He taught at like Fuller Theological Seminary. Oh wow. Knows Hebrew and Greek. Like, oh, dude, that's awesome. So he'll he'll email me after sermons. Yeah. A good word. Oh, yeah. And then when he doesn't email me, I just assume, <laughs> assume he didn't like it. I'm like, yeah, exactly. that's his criticism of me. It was like, he didn't email me this week. You must have not liked it. <laughs> yeah. Which probably isn't true. He's probably yeah. busy with family or something like that, right? You know? <laughs> He's like, Jared doesn't want to hear from me on this. But I haven't thought that about you, though. Yeah. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm always thinking, I'm always, well, also you're a sports fan. I am. A so we have that connection yeah. too. Like, I mean, Durant here, bro. Come on. Let's, I'm, let's, I'm giddy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love Mikael Bridges. One of my, yeah. Yeah. Been yeah. a Suns fan my whole life. One of my top favorite, right. probably top five favorite sons of all time, but we've got Kevin Durant. So I just want one championship. Dude, I'm telling you when, when I, you know, this is a Cincinnati fan. I know. You just I want know. one. You just want one. You're never <laughs> going to get it. It's, it's, just one. The, the NFL's rigged. The NFL's rigged. I, do, I know. You know? So I know, like, I know. But here, here's the thing. Like, um, so is the NBA. It's all, know, it's all entertainment. I know. Right? It's all entertainment, right? <laughs> the, the, so here's the thing that like about guys in, in particular, like when, when you see a guy who's a sports guy, I assume that from every guy I meet, like yeah. every guy is just like, but yeah. when you see a guy who's also a sports guy and you're like, he, he's been an athlete, he's a sports guy, I've been an athlete, I'm a sports guy. There's a connection there too that you're like, man, this is really good. Because I have other friends who are you know, ex-pro athletes and what have you, and I'm like, this is good. And when they talk about stuff, and I'm like, yeah. dude, I'm, I'm, I'm dialed in and we're talking about things like that. Um, so outside theology and doctrine and things like that, when you talk sports, I'm 100% in. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, that's cool. So that that's a that's a really cool connection. So we'll be watching the game. You'll text me back and forth like, dude, you see that? I can't believe what just happened. Oh, the NFL's rigged, you know, yeah. things like that. I yeah. mean, so, I mean, that's so, – so to have this – is, this is something I want you to hear. This is very, very important for you to hear. For me to have access to the lead pastor of our church in a way that I do, mm-hmm. I don't take that for granted at all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very, because a lot of people never will get that just right. by nature of the fact of who you are and so on and so forth. I, I find that very, very privileged, very, very awesome. And to call you a friend and be like, yeah, I mean, like there, I was, I was out with, with some folks the other night and um, they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go riding and so on and so forth on Sunday. I'm like, where are we going? And we we're going to go too far. It was too far. It was like pacing. I'm yeah. like, I can't go, dude. And they're like, wow, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to miss church. I can't get back there in time. We have to leave like at 7 <laughs> o'clock. And we're planning this trip for way out. And I'm like, and they're like, why? I'm like, dude, I just, I want to be there and so on and so forth. And yeah. and they're like, well, what's going on? Can't you just watch online? I'm like, well, I can, but if I want to, if I want to be there and I want to be part involved, man, I want to be there. And they're like, yeah, but I mean, are you afraid you're going to disappoint your pastor? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Like that's that's part oh, of it. Man. So I, I want you to hear that because I, I remember yeah. that as a pastor too, and with guys that were like me in my church. I never yeah. had another person that was like a pastor or anything else like that. But like I remember there are certain people that when they show up, you know, like that's a supporter, that's a guy who's who's for you. He's he's cheerleading. You could get up and say something like Gooba Gaba, Gooba Gaba, and I'd be like, That's the best sermon ever, dude. Yeah, Did you hear that? Right. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeah, that was Greek, bro. You didn't know it. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean like right. that yeah. th- those are things that like so like I'm like I I'm I know when I'm not there, like I don't want you to feel like I'm not there. Like I'm I'm right. in, I'm I'm bought in, this is this is it. And so I tend to um fight with my with my friends. Not not I mean I what's really fascinating about life is that 
I had everybody in ministry around me before and now I have nobody and you're probably the only person. Yeah. You know, you're, I don't have any other pastors or anybody else I, I talk with or I, I see them, they come in my the shop from time to time, but I don't have a, a, a relationship or friendship that I would text them, just different stuff that you text me and I text you. Yeah. That it's, it's very different and for me, I, I love I, I love this relationship and I, I wanna I wanna do everything I can to serve, be the cheerleader, be the supporter in every way that I possibly can. Um and I, I think that's you know, for me it's it's a new dimension of what it looks like to serve in the church and, and, and everything else like that. So um it's uh it's very, very uh very, very fun, you know, for me in uh yeah, in, in that right. regard. Um so but things to ask you, I think would be interesting. Um, what do you see yourself as a, as, as dying in the pulpit, like being a lead pastor all your life? Or is there other things that, that you think like maybe God would be open to me doing stuff? Are are you a yeah. writer? Are you, do you have other interests as well? Yeah, I mean, I, we, I do love writing. Do you? Um, okay. I, I think I read something. I just like, I feel like so many pastors write, write too early, you know? And in my mind, I just feel like I'm not going to write anything till I'm 50. And like the, the pastor I am, the father I am right now is different than I was 10 years ago. And I look back at what I, what I thought 10 years ago was wisdom. And I'm like, man, I was so foolish. Mm. And so I've just felt like in my mind, I might start writing, but not till, not till probably 50. And, right. Right. Um, I just want a shepherd right now. Like mm. it's a, it's a neighborhood church. Um, my kids are, I'm in the, my kids are from, I have four kids from 15 down to six. Yeah. And so I just want to be present in their life. And you're playing zone defense now. Yeah. yeah. And so like <laughs> I have a sabbatical this summer. Oh, I'm wow. Gonna, okay. I'm going to take a break for eight weeks. First sabbatical in nine years. Wow. And, um, I really feel like it's kind of the end of a, of a 10 year journey of church planning to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And I want to use that time to say like, okay, what do the next 10 years look like? And I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I it's desert city. Like, mm, yeah, I want to be, I want to be at desert city and I think God could do whatever he wants in my mm -hmm. life. He could take me anywhere. Um, but my hope is to just to be here and to be faithful to this as long as I can. Yeah. And I would, I'd love to be here till I'm, you know, at retirement age. Yeah. Um, one, I just love North Phoenix. I love this neighborhood. Right. right. Uh, you've been here. You've been here. You're, you're Phoenician, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. I grew yeah. up here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I feel a burden for the brokenness here. Like mm. I, we're, I don't feel that in other places. Um, and if that's, if it's shepherding, you know, as a pastor in the church or just whatever, that, that's what I feel called to do right now. Right. And, right. Um, so my hope is, is to be here. Um, and, and we'll see what happens, but the, uh, you know, what, what would be next? Um, I don't know. I, I always had a heart for missions mm -hmm. and like really felt my call into ministry and the missions field. And I want our church to be involved globally. And mm. so like, if there was something that pulled me away, I love to travel. I mm -hmm. love to go and see just the church throughout the entire world. Mm. Such a different perspective. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. And so I could, uh, you know, if get to a point where I get pulled into something like that, you know, maybe, um, I have zero like life skills though. Like I don't do anything well. Like I, like that's why I'm a pastor. I can't do, I don't do anything well, right. but I can surround myself with people that do things well. Right. And, right. You're uh, resourceful, dude. You're resourceful. Yeah. You yeah. But I just, I don't, I don't know how, I, how I do in, in other places. I have a passion for sports. Right. Um, I do love like history and archeology. span Right. Um, right. Right. You know, like I, I, I could, 
like maybe maybe that's something later in my career I get more into. Well, so um, you you planted a church, so you do have an entrepreneurial yes. somewhat bug. Yeah, and you so you probably could do something else if you if so if you if you weren't a pastor, what else? What other trajectory do you think you would go down if you weren't a pastor? So I think like the two passions I have would be sports. Okay, something yeah. sports related. Yeah, um, I I feel like. I mean, I, I, it would be super fun to cover a team, a sports team, yeah. and like be in sports talk radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I'd be into that. Um, and uh, I, I think like my, my, the bad Jared comes out, the dark Jared, like as a Suns <laughs> fan. And I think I would be, you know, I could be a total, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, I think I'd have a lot of fun doing that. I could also become a total asshole. So, um, <laughs> I think that would be the other the other life if I was if I was following sports teams here and right probably have a, a you know do a podcast or radio that'd be really fun right um, but then I also I just love history and archaeology and mm-hmm. so like I could you know I whether it's in a, a place where I can go study or research and um, I'm just captivated by the ancient world and. What do you think about all the? I, I'm really curious on this one. Scoot up to your mic a little. Just a little oh, bit. am I falling away? Uh, you're okay. I'm you're getting okay. more and more chill as this you are. cigar. I'm, I'm, di- I'm, digging, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this: What do you think about all the the the, the pyramids? Joe yeah. Rogan has on people like yeah. the ancient alien stuff. I know. All that all that stuff always comes out. I get I get questions like this all the time where guys are like, "Dude, so what do you think as a pastor when they see like ancient civilizations that were here before and they yeah. were pretty modern? What do you think about that?" I'm like. I don't know, dude. I'm not an archaeologist. I'm not sure what I think about that. So I'm not. I think humanity, we've lost knowledge yeah. that used to exist. Yeah. So this is like, you're not going to like this answer. And it, no, that's cool. Um, I don't believe in aliens. Huh? All this stuff happened with aliens. I yeah. don't believe in aliens. And, and, it, and it's from a scientific standpoint. Well, I, 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 so, I, don't, I don't believe in aliens. I believe in demons. Well, yeah. So, so yeah, I, would, totally. I would say, I would okay, say, okay. I would say that the aliens. So. If aliens exist or so on, something like that, we don't, we won't know. But I think that the the alien stuff that we're seeing here on Earth, I think it's more demonic than it is. And yeah. I said this on the podcast, it's right. more demonic than it is anything else. And I, I told this on one of the last podcasts. If aliens did exist, it'd be great for them to invade and bring us all together and everything like that. We could actually fight the yeah. people who are trying to do it in humanity. But yeah, right. so in in that regard, I think more of the alien stuff that we see here that tends to be more demonic. From what I understand, it's pulling people away from faith. It's pulling people away from that, right, right. getting them sidetracked into something that's just, you know, non non-existent, you know, in that. Or it's government cover-up stuff, you know. Right, just, right. It's government technology, totally, yeah, totally. things like that. So yeah, but I, I mean, like my on my wife's side of the family, they're pretty, you know, pretty secular, mm-hmm. and they were having this conversation about aliens, and I'm like, it's not because I'm a pastor or mm-hmm. the Bible. Like mm-hmm. I don't believe in aliens because of science. Like yeah. the the what it would take for like intelligent life to exist anywhere else mm-hmm. from a scientific standpoint is, is so slim. Oh, and, sure. And yeah. so like for me, it's more of a scientific thing where I'm like, ah, I just don't believe in, in aliens now at government cover up, you know, t- with technology, demonic activity. Yeah. I, I think so, that, so. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something really crazy. I think I may have told the story before, maybe not on the podcast, but I met somebody who's, who's, uh, his uncle, uh, was in the SR seventy one development program. Okay, you know the SR seventy one Blackbird. Uh huh. That that oh, yeah, that, yeah. that uh, the the aircraft. Uh-huh. Aircraft that was developed in forty nine. Okay. They didn't release it till seventy one. Right. Right. Because they were developed it, and, and when he when he released that, he knew that uh, two men in black showed up to his house, 
Uh, yeah. yeah, two men in black. Yeah. I mean, obviously government, right? Yeah. Uh, two men in black showed up at his house. He got spooked. He left. Jumped on the highest, the, the quickest plane. Okay, and all they did is shake the guy's hand. Yeah. Jumped on the plane, and he died mysteriously in the in the air when oh, he landed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. that, I I believe in the government cover up stuff. I do not. I'm not. I'm not a pro. As as much as we, as much as I'm pro patriot, I am skeptical of everything yeah. about the government. And not not yeah. because I'm a conspiracy theorist, although I play one on TV. Yeah. Uh, I mean it. <laughs> it's uh. It, it's really, really interesting that there's just everyone calls it conspiracy theory, and then we're like. Wait, Epstein, Epstein's Island's real? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that really yeah. happened? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> things like that are like, hold on, that's real too? You know, yeah. so you can only go so much. But now the conspiracy theorists guys are like, what do you, what, 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 that stuff's happening? What, what's happened? You know, right. and, you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of, kind of nutso when you hear it. So, yeah. as, so as, as, here's a good question for you. As a pastor, how do you deal with the political landscape? Oof. You know, that's a great question because I think that's, that's, it's easy for me to say like, you know, Hey, I lean conservative and this is why right, I lean right. conservative and stuff like that. And, yeah. um, but so yeah, I, how do you, how yeah, do you handle I, 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 I do think that we should have political convictions Yes, um, yeah. and I have them and, yeah. you know, I grew up here in Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, and uh you grew up before it was californication well, didn't you? You, got, you before the california <laughs> yeah, right, right. invasion yeah yeah i the way that i think it plays out right now is that people are experiencing politics as a religious experience yes so they're putting yes. all of their hope and all of their despair in politics right and what i'm trying to do is tr- draw them back to like no our hope is in something that is not of this like it's it's yeah. our hope is of a different kind of kingdom mm-hmm. now so have our convictions and just don't let it consume us to the point that we've like lost the plot of what Jesus is calling us to. Right. And so right. Um, we have people in our church on both sides mm-hmm. and they're loud. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so what I, I'm trying to say is like, let's not idolize this. Let's not demonize our enemies. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out how, like, where's the gospel play, play into this. And like the early church in, you know, the first century had every reason to hate the Romans. Oh, yeah. Every reason, politically, religiously. Mm-hmm. 300 years later, half the Roman Empire is Christian. Yeah. And so that doesn't happen from them, you know, sitting up and, and screaming at the Romans about how wrong they are. Mm-hmm. It happens from them, like, moving into relationships where they're serving and, and inviting them into a relationship with Christ. You know, like, and so I, I, when it comes to the political culture, I just keep drawing people back to, to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I think that uh, the the politics of our day is a way of the world, and we're so tempted to to play by the world's rules, you know. And all we're doing is offering another way of the world with Christian slapped on it. Mm. And so there's Dude. A, there's a different way. Get it, bro. <laughs> Get it, bro. And, and it's hard to say that without Ugh. saying I'm. I, well, I just don't have any convictions. Like, no, I do have convictions. Yeah, hundred percent. But I'm not going to play in that arena. Right. And, right. Um. And the, these people that <sighs> were so against are the people Christ has called me to love. Dude, this is my pastor, bro. And this uh, is my pastor. Listen to my pastor, bro. <laughs> I get this, bro. I get this guy, bro. This guy's great. And, go keep going. Go ahead. Okay. But I. But I. I, I, and we do. We have people on both sides of right, it, and right. I, I hear the craziest things from both sides. And I, when I say like they're having religious experiences, it's amazing how people now start to interpret the values of their political party. They interpret scripture, scripture from that value. Oh my god! And so instead yes. of saying, you know, 
Because I think what our political parties do is they give us these packaged ethics. Oh, yeah. And you have to buy the whole package. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so then you go to Scripture to try to justify what's in the package. <laughs> That's and, and dude, both sides do. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, dude, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and so what I'm what I'm trying to say is let's, you know, let's not, like we we swear we swear allegiance to Christ, dude, kingdom be, before country, bro. And we become good citizens of mm-hmm. this country mm-hmm. through the lens of who we are as the other country. The ki- yeah, dude. Yeah, kingdom before country, man. I'm, a, I'm a, I serve a king. I don't serve a president. You know, I, right. I'm, I'm loyal. To a yes, country, and I love our you country. know, and I, I love, love our country, but you know, I'm 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 first off and, and foremost loyal to uh, to Christ, and I, I think that that's important because I've I've heard when this comes up with me, you know, people are like, oh yeah, you got some really strong strong uh, you know, conservative values and things like yeah, that. Totally. So that's why yeah. I'm here. And what's fascinating about that is uh, the amount of dialogue I'll have with quote unquote the enemy or yeah. people who are liberal, yeah. um, and right. how many friends I have yeah. that are on that side. And then yeah. what's amazing about that. And I, I think I've seen this in our political landscape that you see guys like Rogan and Bill Maher becoming centrists. I know, which is just because ten years ago would never have happened. You know, it's right? Not, uh, yeah, I, it's, we always say it's not a spectrum; it's like a horseshoe. Right, right, um, right. Or it's it's a I, I think it's a quadrant. Mm. And so I think unpack that. Okay, so quadrants you have, you know, left to right, conservative uh-huh. to liberal. You've got this whole political spectrum. Mm-hmm. But then I think you also have, and and I got this from one of my friends that's a pastor here in town. So okay. um, you have another spectrum that goes like, if this goes like left to right, you have one that goes from the, from the top to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, like at the top, you have like establishment mm-hmm. at the bottom, you have anti-establishment. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. there's another spectrum happening. Right. And so like what happens is if like you're left or right, like you might be, you might be anti-establishment or establishment and depending on, so really what that creates is four different quadrants that people are in. Mm-hmm. So I think we have four political parties in our country. And yeah, so you're saying. We just don't, we don't know it. So like when you're saying that the MAGA people would be like the upper upper right quadrant. No, like they're, they're anti-establishment. They're, they're, established, they're anti-establishment? Yeah, anti-establishment. So, so, so they're, they're skeptical of anything. Right, right, right. You know, any kind of uh, establishment or, um, you know, like, so like. I, they're, they're just skeptical of any, any establishment type. Right, so big right. pharma, big, you know, right, right, right. all those things. And, and, and the left does this too. They're, they're oh, yeah. anti-establishment skeptical of the police force. Right. hundred percent. You know? Yeah. Um, and so like they come down, like every quadrant has a value. So what, so, uh, so tell me the establishment values up here. Who are the r- the right and the left establishment? So the values? top, the top, right. So establishment conservatives, their top value is responsibility. Okay. So Reagan economics, we're right, responsible right. for ourselves. Right, right, right. We're also responsible to others, like right. our foreign policy. Right, right. Um, and so responsibility is the driving value of that quadrant. What and about the left? So establishment left, their top value is education. Okay. So we can just solve all our problems if we just get yeah. enough knowledge. Right, you know, right, like right. Enough research, enough science. Right, 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 right. Um, and so like, but those, those two groups agree with each other a lot. Yeah, they, well, they always have. They always have. Yeah, I mean that—that's—that's yeah. that's how we had politics going from 1990 all the way back. Yeah, you know, they always agreed, and it was just a flip flop, flip flop, flip flop, flip flop, right, right, and what, right, what establishment right. would take over? Yeah, and now you have the anti-establishment. So now you move down to the bottom, right? So okay. now, and that's what the younger generations you're saying probably play into that, right? To the anti-establishment, anti-establishment. Oh, always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so anti-establishment conservatives, their top value is security. Mm. We have to protect ourselves, protect our country, mm-hmm. protect. And that's the the driving value, and then the anti-established liberal, their top, um, you know, their top value is equality. 
So we want to we want to flip the system. We want reparations. We want okay. all the people okay. who had you know, like so they're trying to completely flip everything upside down. Okay. So like all these values are good values to have. Sure, sure, sure. But then the values become people's idol. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And if you don't yeah. agree with my and value, your God, and yeah, then, and your God, God. and yeah, then yeah. you demonize everyone else's. Right, right, right. Um, and so I, I like that's why like you know something happens in the world like a certain president pulls us out of a certain country mm -hmm. and people from his parties are like, you can't do that, you know, cause they're, they're like, we have a responsibility. Right. And right. he's like, well, no, we're trying to protect ourselves. Right. Right. So right. security and responsibility become, you know, wow. competing values. Wow, dude. Um, it's the first time I ever heard this. this is genius. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's some, there's actually some pastors in town about to write a book about it. Okay. We're back on. Go ahead. Yeah, he's gave so, me he's gave me the dirt on the outside guys. Sorry, I had to find out <laughs> for myself. Well, yeah. that, we'll, re we'll release it later. And we'll tell you what about the book and everything. So I, I think people people operate in their own their own quadrant, and then you know they attack people in other quadrants. And um, and I you know for me like yeah, I grew up in Phoenix. Um, I'm upper middle class white guy. Mm -hmm. Like I would land in this top establishment conservative mm -hmm. you know quadrant. That's just who who I am. Who mm -hmm. I've grown up with. Sure. Um, and I, and I think that's even why you see the conservative party in Arizona fighting right now. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, there's a huge fight between establishment and anti-establishment. Oh yeah. Even though they all have conservative values. Right. Right. Um, right. And so I, I don't know, I feel like there's like four different quadrants. So maybe it's a political spectrum. Maybe it's a horseshoe. Maybe it's a circle. I think it's quadrants. I like the quadrant thing, dude. I think it's, I think it's really laid out very, very well. Yeah, I do. I can't wait to hear more about that. That's great. So, so let me, let me ask you this in, in, in regards to, to, being a pastor and everything else like that. So we asked about that and other things. So how long, so you're a pastor and you smoke cigars. Yeah. Do, do, do people know that? Are you kind of shy yeah. about that? Are you kind of like, so, is it going to be controversial? No. You know, are you, okay. Okay. Um, I grew up, I grew up in a, a denomination that was Wesleyan holiness. Oh yeah. Did you really? So I didn't know that. You don't, you don't smoke, drink or chew. Chew or go with girls who do. <laughs> yeah. <right>. You know? <laughs> and, uh, when I grew up in Scottsdale, right, right, it's like wine and cheese country. Yeah, you know, like everyone's snobbish and yeah. drinks and cocktail oh, yeah. parties everywhere. Yeah, and it wasn't my. I married um, the family I married into. My wife's uh, stepdad is from England. Oh, okay, and it's like if you're not drinking a Guinness, you're not a Christian. Right? Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> right, wait, what? <laughs> like you're allowed to drink, and um, and so like I went through this process of okay, what what is it, you know what does it mean to have, you know, things like alcohol in moderation? Like what scripture really say about it? Okay. Mm -hmm. There's passages about drunk. There's, there's certain dangers of it mm -hmm. that we need to be careful from. Right. Right. Um, but so many of like the great breweries and wineries were built by monks in the Europe, you know? So mm -hmm. like they're following Jesus and they're doing this. Mm -hmm. What, why isn't this happening? Well, then you look at like, some of the history in America with like prohibition and some of those movements that, like the Baptist and mm -hmm. the Wesleyan holiness, like they just don't want to touch it at all. Mm -hmm. But for most of history, Christians have been allowed to drink. Oh yeah. And so like for me, it was like, okay, you know, I actually, you know, I stayed away from this, never had an issue with it. Both. I also find out both my grandparents, both my granddads are alcoholics. Oh wow. Okay. So for my parents, it was like, we saw how destructive something like alcohol could be in a family mm -hmm. and, um, and they just stayed away from it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but but I've I've realized I've been able to engage with it without having a struggle with mm -hmm. it and um and uh, and I know that's not for everyone but yeah, yeah. Um, we also like with this church merger we moved into um, this denomination that wasn't Wesleyan Holiness they were um, Evangelical Covenant which comes out of like uh, like Swedish Lutheran roots mm. 
and they're allowed to drink. Yeah, they <laughs> and are. So um, in my, you know, the old church, especially with the older people, it was something that was kind of like looked down upon. Like the new church, that's not even this new group I'm a part of. It, yeah. I mean, when the pastors get together, they all drink. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. What um, about smoking? They weren't talking about smoking cigars. Does that fall into that whole drinking thing type no, thing? No, I think it's like, you know, it, it could be like, like with smoking, you know, all things are permissible. Not all things are beneficial. Right, right. Um, but like, you know, cigarettes, obviously, they're super addicting. They're Right, right. Uh, but like cigars. And they're poisonous. Cigarette, cigarettes are poisonous. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think it's cigars okay are not. Cigars are not. Yeah. And uh, but like, yeah, cigars, um, you know, I, it, it, I don't feel like it's something I'm I'm addicted to or it's harming me. Um, it's something I really enjoy. I was a part of a, a group, like a discipleship group of pastors that. Um, when we get together, we'd smoke cigars, talk about life, mm. and then when we're apart, we send each other cigars. And as we smoke the cigar, we pray for each other. So oh, that's cool, I hate to like like spiritualize something that doesn't need to be spiritualized. Sure, but, sure, sure. But that's really um, cool. But I started smoking cigars probably four or five years ago, so I'm a noob. Okay, yeah, I'm still like a lightweight. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> um, but it's not. Yeah, in my context now, it's it's not looked down. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm totally free to do that without. Everyone in your staff has come in here and got cigars, by the way. Yeah, every even, single person, independent, 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 yeah, yeah, independently of you, which oh, has been great. Yeah, yeah, independently of you, just just come yeah. in and yeah, just just. Uh, and then it, we so for like you know whiskey. Uh-huh. So one of my my best friends in life, his dad passed away of um, he had pancreatic cancer a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. But when they knew he wasn't doing well, he went on a trip with his dad to Scotland and they, mm. they toured like the four regions. Like wow! Like, so he came back and we were just like you know beer drinking. Yeah. Guys, yeah, and he's like, all this information I need to share with you, right, about scotch and the story yeah. behind it, and so then we start drinking, you know, scotch, scotch. Yeah. and then we were like, wow, this is really expensive, so we started drinking bourbon. Yeah, it's and, and then we're like, wow, blue, blue cow scotch is bourbon, bro. Yeah, I know, I know. And then uh, we just started realizing how well it pairs with a cigar. Oh. And, and so that, yeah. that's all new, though. For me, that's like the last four or five years yeah. that I've gotten into that. Did you know I didn't drink till I was like 30-something? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't drink till I was in, got into ministry. Nice. <laughs> like when, yeah. I was, when I was a – actually, probably when I came <laughs> to Phoenix. Yeah, and yeah. I had a poker game with my uh, with my neighborhood and uh, just kind of reaching out to them. And then all of a sudden, somebody brought bourbon. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I cut, my, I cut my teeth on that with a cigar, and I was like, whoa, it's like pancakes. I yeah. like this. And well, so, you know, like the the culture out here is different than the Midwest. Oh, dude, like it's, it's yeah, we're much the Midwest would the Midwest would feel like when I came out here. I mean, the first thing I did is I went to my neighbors, knocked on the door, and they're like, "What are you doing?" They looked at me like I had not yes. lobsters <laughs> crawling out of my nose, right? And so I was just like, "This is this is this is bad." Right. I mean, what I got to do? And so I invited them all over to. A, I didn't even know how to play poker. I lied. Yeah. As a pastor, I lied. I literally yeah. was like, "Yeah, I got a poker game here Wednesday," and they ended up coming. Yeah. You know, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, okay." And all these guys show up and they bring cigars and. And uh, bourbon, and so I was like, "That's kind of cool." So, but it was it was really really interesting because I the the misnomer from people that watch me from the outside is that I drink a lot. Yeah, I probably drink a, some whiskey, maybe a part of a week, maybe at a, at a week or some yeah, one, like one a week, a week. Yeah. if that, yeah. if that, you know, um, or that I smoke a lot of cigars. Yeah. Like I even see me smoke a cigar today. I haven't smoked a cigar today yet. Right. You know, you smoked before I did. Yeah. You know, so I might have a cigar a day. If not, sometimes I won't just because yeah, I'm working totally. and doing stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, but it's, it's really interesting. And, and I got, you know, so when, when we first got married, Jamie brought home Barles and James. Yeah. And I was like, get the devil's Jesus out of my house. That's literally what I said to her. She was like, what <laughs> right. are you talking about? These are wine coolers. I'm like, not in my house. Right. Not bringing alcohol to my house. And she's like, you are nuts. Are you serious? Yeah. And we never had a conversation about alcohol. Never before we got married. Never. 
And, you know, and I was like, what, what is happening right now? I married an alcoholic. She's like, this is, <laughs> this is Bartles and James. I mean, if you had this, I'm like, I'm not trying it. Right. You can keep it in the fridge, put it in the back. Don't let people see it. Right. You know, so I, and right. I came, I came from a very, so when I became a Christian, uh, it was a Bible Presbyterian church. Yeah. And it was a very, very, very conservative, like wearing slacks type thing. And so like I would come after football in like shorts and t-shirt and they still accepted me. Right. And I didn't have to dress up. And I was like, this is kind of cool. So it really impacted my faith. One of the big things was don't smoke, ching, chew, all that kind of stuff. And then I moved from that to an E-free. And then I was like, this is awesome. We can like drink, yeah. smoke, chew. This is great. Totally. Yeah. And then uh, my youth pastor was a big anti-alcohol guy. So I'm like, well, I'm going to be like him. So no alcohol, bad alcohol. We don't do alcohol. Right. And so I didn't, I didn't, I probably didn't have my first, like, I mean, I, I, I sipped on beers and things like that for my dad and stuff like that. But like before I became a Christian, but like didn't drink probably until I was like 32 yeah. at my, at this poker game. So I brought down some bourbon. I'm like, I'll try some. And we had some brandy around a, uh, with cigars around a, uh, a bonfire with some buddies. And I, I was like, this is, this is great. This tastes wonderful, especially brandy heated up with yeah. a cigar. That's incredible. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, to me, and now if I go out with my buddies, I don't, I don't drink beer. I don't drink a lot of beer. I, to me, it's just weird. Um, but bourbon is my, is my choice. I like scotch. Um, I do. Don't, I don't mind brandy and I don't mind, um, like a cognac, you know, yeah, either. Right, so I don't right. mind, I don't mind any of those things. Um, but I don't, I don't drink a, a ton. I, I don't drink to get drunk and never have. Um, and, so for me, it's a it's a different a different thing. I don't like wine. Yeah, I'll tell you that much. Too. I, a wine yeah. with a cigar is the worst thing I ever had. Yeah, yeah, I don't like wine at all. So what's something about you that we don't know that people would find interesting and oh, man. that you'd be like? I really like this, and I'm I'm ashamed if someone knows I like this. And what's what's your little secret? I'll tell mine after you tell yours. Whew, on the spot. I mean, I don't know what would be interesting. I'm not that interesting of a person. Yeah, um, it's, it's interesting, dude. It's interesting. Trust me. We'll end on this point. We'll end on this point. Yeah, I'm a diehard Star Wars fan. Oh, you're and, such a nerd. And when I say that, like, I've read, like, 20 novels. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you're a nerd, dude. Yeah, totally. I'm a nerd out with you, though, because when I tell you my dirty little secret, you're going to be like, no way. Okay, okay. Are you ready for this? I am a gamer. Ranked. Nice. Ranked. Ranked yeah. gamer. Wait, that's weird. Like, so, uh, um, like just called legal it. legal legend. No, 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 I started playing some more COD or Call of Duty, what they call it. Yeah. And uh, I got into it and then started making friends and, and other yeah. buddies would connect with me around around there. And then now, like, I use it to, for, like, I business promo hard there, dude. Oh, totally. I'm like, dude, I'm a YouTuber. You should go to my YouTube. I got, like, yeah. I got tons of subscribers from it. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, so I do use it for marketing and things like that. Um, but there are guys that, like, uh, that are – I have a – text message that I play with like almost not nightly probably three nights a week and like my every, my kids and everyone's in bed dude I'm, I'm gaming yeah I'm gaming on, on call awesome. it's it's hysterical because so I, like, I think it's such a nerd thing that I don't want anyone to ever find out about me yeah. and I don't give my gamer tank to anybody right you know so like it's it's hysterical because like if all these people listen they're like I'd love to game with you there's like one person I think in the cigar industry that I game with you know, and he'll he'll pop on Ryan. You know who you are. Yeah. Uh, he pops on and he's like, "Dude, let's go, let's let's rock!" And I'm yeah. like, "And I'm Evil Bradley comes out in yes. Call of Duty. That's awesome, dude. I'm yeah. I'm I, I am unredeemed, and I have to repent every time. After I'm like, when yeah. I get shot in the head, I get sniped from across the map. 
I'm flying, dude. I'm like, you must. Oh my yeah. god, oh my gosh! It's like something inside you dies. Yeah, and J- JB. <laughs> what people don't know about JB? J- JB was a pro gamer. Okay. So I play with JB, and playing with JB is an experience in and of itself, dude. He's yeah. super experienced, knows how to do everything. Uh, what do I do, JB? I just run, don't I? <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah. So like, I, I like can't, I can't play those new games like with the new controllers. I can't control them. Like I remember in you college, mean like the like the regular ones. Yeah, I can't. So like I remember playing Halo like with guys in college, and I try to drive oh, yeah. that yeah. that tank thing. That's like what is it called the? <laughs> it's like the Rhino or whatever you drive in Halo. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I get stuck in like a dark corner, and yeah. I couldn't get out, and I would get so pissed. <laughs> I'd be like five minutes trying to drive this stupid yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And then then someone would walk along and shoot me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Well, that, that's my <laughs> that's my dear little secret. I'm glad you're Star Wars. My son's a big Star Wars fan. Okay, huge awesome. Star Wars fan. Yeah. I got like three posters for him across his bedroom walls and everything like that so yeah. he digs the he digs the vintage stuff too he like he's he's in on that stuff so are you are you like uh which is fun like so i go all out so i bought the new xbox i yeah. have like the a pro controller and everything like that my headphones are all wireless and it's all it's all it's stat i spent money on this stuff my right. wife's like are you serious yeah i'm like yeah baby I'm, I'm gonna do this and so like she's like that's your that's your play now i'm like oh that's my play yeah i'm gonna do it and so the, yeah. these guys will text me in the middle of the day like hey by the way uh, you on tonight? You on tonight? Are we yeah. are we DMZ in tonight? Right. Are we doing this tonight? I'm like, uh, yeah, dude, I'm I'm down. At nine nine thirty, ten o'clock. Yeah, dude, I'm on. So I, I usually say ten to twelve when I go to bed. We do have a PS5. So like my two boys yeah. game quite a bit, but mm-hmm. we have PS5. And then um, my oldest son saved up his money and bought an Oculus. Oh yeah, and yeah. So like the first time he, he played it for like three hours, took it off, threw up. He was so like dizzy. Really? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I've I've played it a few times, and he's always wanting to buy games. But he had me play a game the other day called Beat Saber on Oculus. Yeah. And it, it's like Guitar Hero, but like instead of Guitar Hero, you're like, you have these two lightsabers uh-huh. and all these objects come at you to like music. Really? And you just shred. Is it <laughs> cool? So I was hooked on it. And yeah. I'm like, all right, we're buying it. I'm like dropping 120 bucks right there. I'm like, we're right. buying it. We're getting the, that was the demo. And so I do play Beat Saber on okay. Oculus. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you some other questions as we okay. finish up. We got we got we got a few minutes. We got like literally I have I have eight minutes left. Yeah, uh, seven minutes. Uh, I'm just gonna rapid fire you real quick. Uh, do you have guns? Are you a shooter? So I all of my buddies do. All I have is a rifle to 22. Okay, okay, that, um, that's respectable. Let's, let's put a hole in somebody. You're okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all my friends have guns. Okay, um, I just have that one. Never, never. Are you not not a big gun guy? I don't get into. Guns or anything like that. So, so I I like shooting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't right now want to spend the money on it. That's right. It's expensive. Issue. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's this group of old guys at the church that yeah. um, go cowboy shooting. Right. And so there's like this competition out at Ben Avery. I, have you seen that? It's like I a carnival, it, yeah. man. And yeah, I yeah. go out with them like when it's in town and go shoot. And um, first of all, I'm a terrible shot. Yeah. Like if I was sitting in front of you with a handgun, uh-huh. I, I couldn't hit you. Yeah. I can tell you that right now. I'm just a terrible shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but no, it's more like the money thing for okay. me. I just don't want to spend money on that. Yeah, right now. it's a lot of so money. So I've got one gun in the house, uh-huh. just in case. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But my my friend has like an arsenal. Right, like he's ready for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, dude. And everybody I has know, that guy. Yeah, everybody has. That. I've, I've, I've got, got a few of guy. those guys, and yeah. so I know who to go to. Right, if right. Stuff hits the fan. Right, you know, like I. But I. Yeah, I just have. I know that guy. JB's pull up his pull up his waistband. Uh-huh. He just got a new. He just got a new. Is that a five seven? Five seven. There it is. He's got a new five seven. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everyone packs out here. I have one back in back right, up front right, and right. stuff. Yeah. Um. So, uh, SUV, compact car, or truck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've so. 
the car I'm driving right now is a Honda CR Honda CRV. So okay, it's like crossover, um, yeah, yeah. And it's, but I'm gonna give it to my daughter when she's okay. 16. What are you so get like, next? Um, well, I mean, I'm a big I'm a big like Jeep Wrangler guy. Oh, right on, dude. Jeep Wranglers are so expensive right now. Even used Jeep uh, Wranglers. It's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, I've had pickups in the past. I, I just know like if I have a pickup, that means I'm moving people. So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. One. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what I'll do next. Do you, do you off-road ever? Do you go off-roading in the desert or anything like that? Play around I like there? to. Yeah. Okay, I okay. don't have right now. I used to have, you know, but I don't have a Wrangler right now. I would do mm-hmm. that. Um, so I like the older Broncos. You know, oh, yeah, dude. Like those are, Ugh. again, super expensive. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, $50,000 right now for a, you know, 87, 88 Bronco. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. know. With I the know. old V8s in them. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. So I'm trying to figure out what to do next. But Okay. I'd probably go SUV right now over over a pickup. Favorite food? You have to eat something right now. You're really hungry. What do you want? What's your favorite food? Go to any restaurant right now. I mean, I like all food. Just give me Every one. Every kind of food. Just give me what are you feeling right now? Go. Um, let me think. Man, there's just I love all kinds of food. I I probably I think I'm probably the biggest fan of just Mexican food. Yeah. Well, and okay. Give me a restaurant then, dude. Go for it. Well, I mean, it depends. Like I I'm a big like. You know, authentic. Let's go to the you know Philly bees or like side of the road okay. type thing. That's fine. Um, but I like uh, enchiladas. Okay, have you been to enchiladas? Yeah. Oh yeah. Big. You know, great. That Mexican food is my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my, my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Enchiladas. Do you like Valley? Do you like Valley? Valley yeah, Luna? Valley Luna. Yeah. yeah, dude. I'm I, my photos up at Valley Luna from my little league team back in like really 1989. I saw them all there. Dude. So love Valley Luna. Um, yeah, and I, I like like authentic more than Tex Mex. So. Okay, now burger burger question: Five Guys, In and Out, which one? Again, I uh, this is the big debate, but I feel like it's not fair to compare these two. This is this is terrible because this is not going the way I wanted it to because go. Because <laughs> I would take In and Out Burger, <laughs> and because man, if I'm gonna go get like a, a a burger and fries and a Coke at at five guys, I'm dropping twenty bucks at least. Of twenty five bucks, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. so, like, bang for the buck, I go in uh, and out. In and out. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you're a value guy. You're a value guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. See, I want meat, dude. I want meat. I'm five guys. Yeah, I'm got I'm five guys. Okay. You can get like a yeah. quadruple, quadruple. I know, dude. It's it's <laughs> a little too much for me. A little too much for me now. Yeah. Don't need that much. Yeah. Uh, no, I do think that the burger at five guys is phenomenal. It's just you know, three you, times, it's so much more. Expensive. You could you could move. You have to move to another state outside of Arizona. Okay, you have a million dollars moved to any state you want to go to. Where would you move? Oh, man. My whole family's from Southern California. Okay. And I love the beach. Yeah, okay. So if I had a million dollars, you know, maybe there are those beach towns in between L.A. and San Diego. Okay. I'm a big fan of that. Okay. Um, I love mountains. I do Colorado. Colorado's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I got to have a beach or a mountain. Yeah. So... I'm a mountain guy. I don't like. I don't like. I, I like beach. Beach is, beach is fun and stuff like that for visiting for me. But I, I don't like. I mean, ocean gets boring after a while. But mountains, I just feel like you can explore forever. Yeah. You totally. know, and I, I like that. Okay. All right. Last last question. I don't like the cold though. That's huh? my problem. I don't like the cold. Yeah, I don't. I'm either. a total desert rat. Yeah, it's been. Hasn't it been unseasonably cold this worst, winter? The coldest winter I ever in Phoenix. I can remember. Yeah, and you've been here forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's not like cold, but for us, it's cold. Well, <laughs> I, the ongoing joke for me and my listeners is water freezes to 60 degrees here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it's, yeah. it's for me, it's, it's, it's so cold. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I've turned the heat on my house. Are you turning yeah. the heat on your house? It is on in my house. Oh, yeah. It's stupid, dude. We're keeping it at 70. I'm just freezing to death. You know, yeah. I keep it at 65 in the winter, on the summer. It's just, oh, it's just crazy. Um, all right. Okay. So, so now dogs, 
Cats. Which one? Dogs, of course. Dog, what kind of dog you got? We actually don't have a dog right now. We're getting one this summer. Okay. Um, but my family has always had just golden retrievers. Oh, so, right on, dude. Yeah, we're kind of like the full solid, house. Yeah. Yeah, solid. Yeah, <laughs> solid, solid choice, dude. <laughs> solid choice. I have two dogs. We have a 200-pound English Mastiff. Okay. Her name is Miss Penny Potts. Nice. That's my wife's dog. And then yeah. my dog's named Marley. Okay. And he's a 100-pound English or, or, uh, Labrador Retriever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna pass it. I think he's got cancer. Okay. He's been throwing up. He's got some. Got some I like labs. Yeah. I love labs, dude. Labs I've, I've, I've had labs all my life. Yeah. Since I was a kid. So yeah. this is my fifth lab. Yeah. So it's okay. it's really crazy. So I'll have this guy. He'll he'll pass, and I'll probably get another lab puppy. Yeah. You know. So it'll be it'll be hard. So, but I, I love that. So, yeah. well, guys, uh, we want to hear what cool. you think. What you think about this? Thank you so much for being here, dude. Thanks for having me. I cannot tell you how awesome this has been. This has been. One of the best podcasts for me in the entire world. Well, guys, thank you so much for turning. It's been a long podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it and you got something out of it. Uh, if you want to drop your comments, questions, or insults, which we always love li- listening to, uh, you can email us at cutlightsmokepodcast, all one word, cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail.com, uh, or you can email me at bradley at zealcigars.com. All of your theological questions and everything else that I give out of this, which I'm really looking forward to. Huh. Uh, <laughs> so again, thank you so much, uh, Jared, so, for being here. And with that said, guys, we are going to play the outro music when they oh i got it down oh yeah i got it down thanks again so much guys and we're out here like last year peace